This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives, grow strong, and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the Renaissance of men. You are the Renaissance. Hello, my name is Will Spencer, and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. What does it mean to be a spiritual warrior? If you've spent any time in the masculine personal development world, you've probably heard that phrase. Usually, it's just to describe men who bring a sort of warrior approach to developing their spiritual life. But what if we were to flip that around? What happens when a man brings a deeply spiritual approach to his warrior life? What becomes possible then? My guest this week knows the answer. His name is Alpha Starseed, and he's a martial artist, teacher, trainer, mystic, and psychedelic adventurer into the highest and deepest realms. He's fused years of intensive martial arts training with earth medicine practices and discovered new physical potentialities in himself and elevated his skills to legendary levels. And when I say legendary, I mean it. Videos of his enhanced flow state kung fu rampages at a Gold's Gym in Los Angeles have gone viral around the world, racking up hundreds of thousands of views from being featured on sites like Barstool Sports. And this has attracted him a large and growing worldwide following of people who see reflected in him a sense of congruence. With mystical attitudes fused with obvious physical prowess, he represents a level of achievement and mastery many, including myself, aspire towards. In our more than two-hour conversation, we explored a variety of topics dancing in a space between physicality and spirituality. We talk about how a mystical experience in his childhood marked him for a life of greatness, how he's used psychedelics to radically advance his spiritual and physical evolution, the philosophy of how he's using his newfound internet celebrity to help people advance towards their training goals. We also talk about his recommendations for safe and natural ways to become a beast before your workout, the growing gulf between people living in responsibility and people living in fear, and the academy of skilled martial artists and spiritualized warriors that he's building for the future. One of my favorite parts of having a podcast is getting to have conversations with fascinating men, pushing the edge, pushing themselves, and pushing the boundaries of thought and what's possible. And this man is no different. But I have to warn you, don't try his techniques at home. It's my great pleasure to introduce to you this week's guest on the Renaissance of Men podcast, Alpha Starseed. Alpha Starseed, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have this uh, this conversation with you. And, and um, you know, I think this is the first question that I wanted to ask is, I'm familiar with the term starseed, but I wonder if you could explain the term alpha starseed to the people listening. Yes, yes, of course. So uh, the, the alpha tag to it may get most people thinking like alpha, beta, or like, is there hierarchies and stuff? So the hierarchy that I registered to it, I mean, as much as maybe the hierarchy, it seems like it's like projecting like an alpha male type of thing. But um, I don't want to say it's not completely that, but more so it's more of like certain hierarchy of awareness and consciousness upgrades. The reason I say alpha is because I feel like I've been to some 
really like up there on the dimensions with certain travels that I've done where I'm able to like contemplate this wisdom, read through the parables, understand the symbolism, you know, all that deep stuff of reading in between the lines. So I guess when I say alpha means like kind of the top tier um, amongst the mystery schools and just like the information comes to me as well, like in really interesting ways, like whatever I'm seeking and I set my thought seed to it, it kind of comes to me, whether it's through online, my phone, websites or people. So I just feel like the force is very alpha with me. And that's what I meant by alpha star seed, because that star seed, for me, a definition of a star seed is like a seed to a star or a planet, which helps it sprout and grow. So like my role, for example, would be sprouting and growing the consciousness grid of Earth and then hopefully other planetary star systems, which is the goal, hopefully in this lifetime. Uh, so I hope I answered that question. Oh, completely, completely. And that just leads to so many more questions. I think the first one that comes to mind is for me is I'm just curious about some of these journeys that you've been on because I've also uh, I've also journeyed with ayahuasca and San Pedro and and Bufo Alvarius and, and other and other substances and other chemicals and other medicines. Um, so huh. I'm curious some of the journeys. I've also studied uh, esoteric teachings as well. So I'm curious, always curious to meet a fellow traveler and hear about the journeys that he or she has been on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, there's so many. And usually like when it's like really high in the upper dosages of mushrooms specifically, the memory is so present mm. where like you try to remember afterwards and it's so like distant, like it's like easily forgotten. But some parts I very vividly remember and they're very profound, like very angelic, you know, higher deity kind of hand touching type of experiences, which I haven't forgotten. So I'm, I'm willing to share whichever you're willing to ask or what you're willing to want to know about more. Probably just the one that's most present for you right now, just the one that comes to mind in the course of this conversation, because I find that people are very curious about this side of life, this side of experience. And certainly we're going through a collective awakening right now where there's naturally going to be more curiosity around that. So to meet people yeah. that have journeyed to the outer reaches is always is always interesting. Absolutely. Okay, so I'll start with the background of what led me to it. I actually imagined this in my head of also explaining it. So I might just start from the very basis. So mm -hmm. ever since I was a kid, I remember my parents put on classical music like Beethoven. And this one specific part I didn't forget. I mean, I wasn't on psychedelics at this time. I just didn't forget this one scene. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was a kid and I was sitting in the living room and they were playing symphony number five. And at the time, I was just simply sitting in the living room and while it was playing, they recorded me because I was doing something very interesting. So as it was playing, I was looking up at the ceiling as if in such awe of some sort of divination or something was going on. And at the time, I, I can't remember anything, obviously, to contemplate that. But when I saw this video of myself, that's when I knew, like, yes, definitely one of the chosen ones, part of the mystery schools. Like, you know, there's so few of us, there isn't mm -hmm. so many of us, but I feel like ever since as a child, even subconsciously, subliminally, I was led on to this path that ultimately I feel like chose me as much as I chose it. So from that point on, growing up, even in high school and stuff, I always saw myself as the dot outside of the circle, whereas everyone was always inside of the circle, always wanting to be accepted, you know, wanted to be cool. You know, I was obviously I had my own prestiges and stuff, but I never minded being outside, dot outside the circle. Like I never went out of my way to impress people or, you know, I was always myself. And if they didn't accept it, which it was difficult in high school for people to really, if you weren't part of the norm, they were not really trying to dig your vibe. So I understood this when I went to college more in high school at the time, I was just playing water polo and it was just 
being myself, I wasn't thinking too much out of the box. Come to be 18, and that's my first psychedelic experience, just when I took like three and a half grams, just a normal dose. But after that day, my entire perspectives of everything finally got corrected and changed, right? You know, the thing that it teaches you that everything you know just may be wrong. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot registered of what may or may not, well, a lot registered of what was wrong and what needed correcting. So obviously I was in my baby steps. So went through that. And then around 21 years old, uh, that's when I embarked on my seven gram trip, which is when I doubled it. And I told myself like, yeah, this is, this is what's going to revolutionize everything. Being 21 years old, I knew this was what I needed to do. Whereas most people, when they turn 21, they're like, all right, I got to take these 21 shots and show my friends, mm-hmm. you know, how much I can handle my booze. But for me, it was definitely not that way. If anything, I try to keep the alcohol very rare because I know it kind of like deprives the soul. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, here and there you, you do it, but you know, for the most part, I avoid it. But anyway, so when I was 21, I did this and that's when like the real revelation started hitting me. Like I was like, I said words to myself, like son of God, like I started to understand the meaning of Christ, you know, not just the understanding of Jesus Christ as the person, but the message he was conveying, the solar message, the ascended message, um, started understanding the Gnostic perspectives instead of the strictly religious, strictly the religious terminologies that everybody takes literally, mm-hmm. um, whereas I was starting to understand in, par- in parables. Some time passed, and then I got into martial arts around then. And then so when I really started getting deep, I ran into this video of um, this guy named Kalindi, who unfortunately passed this last April. Mm-hmm. And he would always talk about in this African Zulu martial artist ways, like back in Africa, where they would take 20 to 30 grams of mushrooms to attain mm-hmm. these spiritual prowess or like powers as you can see with the Black Panther, for example, which was not a mythical place. Wakanda and Black Panther is not a mythical creature. Uh, they actually have actual tribesmen in Africa who would partake in the Amanita Pantherita mushroom, they call it, to attain the powers of the Black Panther. Hmm. So as he was explaining all of this, you know, it really like was super vibrant to me. And at the time I was already at the seven gram trip. So I was like, I really am looking forward to embarking on this. So that's when I, when that's when I embarked on it, obviously, and I was like, all right, I'm going balls deep. And that's when I started having these crazy experiences. So <laughs> I hope I'm not going too fast. No, Do you have great. any questions? No, I've got tons of questions, but keep going with whatever okay. track you're on. I'll catch up on the, okay. on the backside. Okay. Okay. All right. So when I took for the first time, it was a bit overwhelming. Like there was like too much going on. I heard voices <laughs> yeah. it, at the time I was, was coming up like, of literal voice, I couldn't tell if it was an ancestor, or guardian angel, or something saying, You literally just took 30 grams. <laughs> like it was like echoing. It was weird. What happened was my consciousness expanded to an overblowed system. Like I was like, at one point, a bird flying across the coastline. I literally like felt like I became like I just multiplied and zoomed out of Earth at one point. And I don't know how to contemplate this mm-hmm. in words, but I basically felt like there was other entities that were aware of this expansion of consciousness that I was experiencing and some wanted to put a cap on it, um, which mm. I could say probably were the reptilians or the more not so benevolent forces, more mm. of the malevolent forces. So, mm. so when I felt all this, obviously it was overwhelming. But as I came down, there was a certain phrase that went through my head, which I recently was able to decipher. So it was like another life or another soul putting himself unto Christ. And at the time I was like, okay, Jesus Christ, because I got baptized under him. And I was like, wait, it was so much more than that because the idea of Christ 
was the awakening and the awareness of the higher densities and the whole ascension process, the whole Gnostic understanding. So just recently, I connected those dots, actually a couple of days ago when I read something, an excerpt. So I started to understand like what these messages in my head were telling me, which is what I'm trying to say was the most valuable part in these experiences. Mm-hmm. There are certain messages that are communicated to you from the universe, almost like you're a router or like a modem uh, connected to the universe. Now, whether it's higher dimensional entities, it can be ancestors, guardian angels, whoever you want to call it, the messages were the most important to me. And that's why I embarked on these journeys. My most experienced journeys were in mushrooms. So so anyways, after that, that one time, I was like, all right, I need to be more prepared. You know, what I put in my body, where my mental state is. I kind of just went all out that day. I wasn't too mm-hmm. prepared. So I learned so much from that. And my next one was in Shasta. And that was my most profound one because um, I had like connections with Native American spirits there. I felt like I was, I felt like I relieved a lot of karma, a lot of my bad deeds that I had done. I felt like I just committed to asking for forgiveness and all was well. And then as I was finishing the trip, I experienced something so profound. I felt like I was lifted off of earth, placed in, into a heavenly type of consciousness where I felt like there was nobody around. I was in this whole other world. I felt like, I can't say I felt like I died, but I felt like I ascended to the higher state, right? Mm-hmm. So I stood up, kind of like was stumbling, but I remember I looked back upon where I was sitting and then I saw Archangel Michael, which I'm not sure if you were familiar who Archangel Michael is. Have you heard of him? I have, yeah. Okay. So I saw Archangel Michael just standing there, you know, with his arms on his waist and smiling. And I remembered before I went to Shasta, I had done some research that archangels uh, usually like to hang out around Shasta. Mm. That was definitely one of the (laughs) most inspiring things I read because I had a close relationship with Michael, uh, specifically that warrior spirit training, courage, strength, and being a Capricorn, that leadership and all of that. Mm -hmm. I was very close with Michael specifically. Now, obviously the other archangels and Jesus, I have many connections with all of them, but Michael was my closest or, or still is my closest. So when I saw that, I was just in such awe, like my eyes got completely opened. I understood like these deities aren't just thoughts. They're actually very real and they manifest when they need to and they kind of show themselves. So that was my most, one of my most profound. And I just wanted to mention another one because I Mm -hmm. saw him again, but this time when I did it, I was also at Shasta, but it was the year after that. I decided to also include some acid. So (laughs) I did 30 grams and then I did also 30 tabs at once. And that's when I yeah, yeah. That that one was the one I didn't remember too much of because yeah. I was traveling through portals and I don't know, man, like what you call in DMT, those little pattern type of travels where it was like not so earthbound, like the oxygen yeah. atom wasn't attached to it. It was strictly DMT is what it felt like. But I do remember on that one, I also ran into Michael. And what I remember is he was sitting next to me and his wings were very present. And I felt like I somewhat, because I was tipping over kind of shroom drunk, I was leaning on one of his wings. Um, mm-hmm. And that part I never forgot. I just remembered these at the top of my head. But uh, what I like to do mainly nowadays with mushrooms is strictly like increase my training output with them because mm-hmm. they have a way of increasing your gauge of uh, like, let's just say your limit is a certain amount of, you know, 60 minutes of cardio, right? They increase that range of uh, mushrooms when you take a certain amount where you're able to do 90 minutes or even two hours, right? And you still feel like really pumped, but all you need to do is rest more. But unlike other drugs, it's like targeting your organs and making them speak to you like 
what nutrients you need or what you need to improve upon yourself, whether it's mentally, spiritually, physically. And I've made huge discoveries in myself, my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, just from the communications that it, the neurogenesis it created from not just my brain, but my organs and body and everything. So that's what I started to, not so much on the big trips, I mean, every once in a while, but I started sticking to the one to five gram range to just maintain a more uh, growth type of, a kind of conservative type of method. <laughs> I feel like I just like poured it all onto you, but oh, that's, no, that's great. Yeah, that's basically my most up-to-date thing going on with the psychedelics and the whole starseed mission. I think of it like a way of amplifying my awareness, uh, which I know can be attained from meditation, but I like to do all of the above. And the amplification is you know, quite fun in my perspective. So mm -hmm. that's why I partake in it. Well, I think what's really, uh, what's interesting about your approach is that there are lots of people who are, I guess we'll just call them psychonauts, sort of uh, for lack of a better term. And mm -hmm. it becomes a very heady pursuit. You know, it's, it's things that they, they do in their spare time with friends or, or whatever. And it becomes a very intellectual kind of thing. But you've actually taken a, in a totally different direction and you've integrated into, you know, Kung Fu mastery and into physical practice and to improve, mm -hmm. into improving your body and into parkour. And so you've grounded these intensely esoteric spiritual pursuits into your body, which is not something that a lot of people who go on these epic journeys do. It tends to be more, mm. it can be more of a hobby or more of a research project, I guess you might say. But you actually turned into, I guess, a form of artistry in terms of how it makes you a warrior. So when did you start putting those two things together? Yeah. So I loved how you mentioned, I loved how you said it all, because that's exactly what went through my head. Originally, like when I got into Kung Fu and martial arts and all of that, it's almost like my spirit specifically, how Bruce Lee always emphasizes, like from the heart, you know, I really felt it. It was more than just technique or, you know, the form. It was more of like the way, the flow of it and like how you're not supposed to think so much, you know, how like they would close their eyes and just go with the, like the force, you know, and all of that amazed me, I almost connected the Jedi and all of that to martial arts because it's not just about strength or like how, how good your form is, but it's about you and your uniqueness and how well, how flexible you are, how you flow. So having all of these very fundamental wisdom truths in my head, which I learned from the monks, I learned from Bruce Lee, you know, I just thought like it would be amplified with the mushrooms. So when I first experimented with them, <laughs> I went to the gym, obviously, and I mm. took like, I don't know, like five grams, right? Because <laughs> at the time, yeah, I know. It's, everybody's like, what the fuck? That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I, mean, I was like, all right, I've done massive amounts. This is like <laughs> child's play to me. I should be fine. <laughs> and I mean, for the most part I was, but I would do some, some work on those bags and hit them in ways where people would just get kind of like scared, you know? Yeah. They're like, there's something wrong with this dude. And I was trying to... <laughs> <laughs> I, and I was trying to, you know, be as discreet as possible. And sometimes it was hard, yeah. you know, like there was, I'll give you an example. There was, there's six bags at my gym at Gold's gym. Yeah. And I always love to hit all of them at the same time as if they were real people like surrounding me or trying to get the bat, like, you know, real life situation because mm -hmm. hitting one bag, it's boring too quickly. Yeah. So I like got into this flow of like, the way I would skip and the way I would stride and move and then kick and then punch where it came to a certain point. Oh yeah, this is the good, this is the good stuff. So mm -hmm. it came to a certain point. I started getting recorded 
right? Okay, so I'll start. I'll tell you briefly about this part. This part is interesting. So I used to hang upside down before, during, and after. And what what that would do is not only rush the blood to my brain, which everyone was so concerned about, but for me, it was always a boost. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you need to be healthy, but that wasn't the greatest part. The greatest part is my spine and my entire body being like having a full body stretch, just straight up hanging upside Mm -hmm. down. Not even like you're in your own meditation. You're not even like trying to purposely pull something to get that full stretch. You're just hanging and all the blood's going exactly where it needs to. Since you're always standing, when you're hanging, it's kind of like the body's like, all right, we know where the blood needs to go on the reciprocal part of the body. So mm-hmm. it was so beneficial. But anyway, I started getting creative and I had my friend start punching my abdomens and abs mm-hmm. while I hung upside down. And it became so awesome. I started feeling the strength I was building and let alone the amount of durability I was able to last through being on five grams as my body was just on this supernatural level. So it came to a point where I put on the Everest mask and I was like having him do it. So I was really challenging myself and I was doing great, even though it was so interesting to watch. Mm. Eventually, (laughs) some girl recorded it and I ended up on this Instagram page. I forgot it was called Jim something. It was a Jim Fails. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Not the username, dude. But they they never tagged me or anything. And even though I found them and I told them to tag me, they still didn't. But yeah. I ended up on that, got so many views, like thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. And then I started, there was this Asian dude who would also come there. And he was like, dude, we should totally duo. And, you know, his dad was super enthusiastic about it. I was like, all right, all right, whatever. I mean, maybe this is inspiring people. As long as they don't disturb my flow and my training, which is my most important part. Mm-hmm. So I got into that. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, we started making videos and it didn't take off so much here and there, but this one that he made, which is in, was in around November of 2018. So this one he put up on his page before I put it on mine. Um, and it was not even scripted or like we didn't even plan to record at that moment. I was just straight up hitting the bag on my own mm-hmm. and I was hitting it in such a way where when I was retracting my punch from the bag, the force was so strong that it was swinging high. Now, sure, I was punching it the same way that the force of it, uh, the velocity of it was going, but I was doing it in such a ways whenever I was pulling my punch back, like Bruce Lee would say, like, you, you don't do a full stride, you bring it back because that bringing it back gives it more of a force. So I was like practicing that and I was trying to master that and just, you know, playing around and flowing. And so I just noticed his dad was recording him sitting on the tire, looking at me do this, you know, it's just in such a natural, you know, unscripted way. He puts it on his page and he, at the time, he only had like 20,000 followers. It got 200,000 views. People were wow. so intrigued. Yeah. They were like amazed. They're like, obviously there's all these shit talkers. We're like, sure. oh, he's just swinging the bag. But there was people like, damn, this dude's chi output can power the whole grid that Jim is on, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that it was really inspiring. So I was like, hell yeah. So I, you know, I didn't focus on making more videos like that, but I was like, you know, people are really inspired. So if it comes up, I should make more. And then, so another time came up and this was like around January. Okay. So I did some crazy theatrics. I swung on the rope. I think I still have it on my page somewhere. I might even send it to you. So I swung, I was wearing all white. I started off by swinging off the rope and that rope is the rope that you pull to get a like arm workout. It's like a revolving rope Mm -hmm. and attached to the whole 
thing they got going on with the six bags, a part of the bars. So it was like right there. So I grabbed it, swung, kicked one bag, okay? Then did some Spartan kick on another bag, did some crazy like hand kung fu stuff, moved to the next bag, did some kicks, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, this video got so viral, right? It ended up on Barstool Sports, <laughs> okay? I ended up on a Snapchat story where this dude's like, uh, saw this guy over here going full Jack Bauer on the bags, et cetera, et cetera. I have that video too. I'll send it to you. Yeah. And I just found out when they posted it on their Instagram, Barstool Sports Instagram, which it's buried in their archives. Yeah. Um, it got like millions of views. Like oh, wow. I just I remember, yeah, I remember seeing like 6 million or something. And at that point, you know, at the gym, I became some sort of a symbol or like a celebrity. And everybody, when they saw me, they knew what was up. They're like, this is that crazy dude that mm. just goes ape shit and just doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas everybody there is there lifting weights, you know, taking their creatine and, you know, steroids and all that, you know, all that stereotypical, very generic thing. Yeah. Whereas they saw me as this lean dude, like ready to just hunt lions with the Africans type of dude hitting the bags like some serious shit's about to go down. Like they were just so intrigued by that. And everyone always asked me, they're like, why don't you go compete? And my answer was always, I don't train like this to go compete in a cage, right? Like this is not why I fight, you know, martial arts for me is a way of life. Yeah. Like, I'll just give you an example. Like there's an abundant amount of chi that flows through me or like energy that if I don't output it into cardio, that she can transfer or I mean, transmute itself into bad energy or like, you know, being bitter or just passive aggressive. And, you know, now I don't know if that comes from this superior, you know, alpha male, you know, stuff that I'm taking like herbs and stuff or what it is too much testosterone. I don't know what you want to call it because mm -hmm. I do, I do take a lot of herbs that increase muscle output, like maca and all of that. And I take copious amounts of it because I'm always training, like, yeah. especially at the time. I just recently had to like adapt to the fact that gyms have been closed because I would go to that gym and train like between four to six hours because I had the durability, I had the stamina and I had the endurance. And I'd also utilize the um, sauna and steam rooms. So I was always flushing out, always in need of copious amounts of energy. So since I had that flow going and I got surprised with the gyms getting closed down, it's when I realized like, damn. If I'm not exercising, running, doing cardio, like the type of cardio, for example, I could do is wear weights and walk uphill or jog, et cetera. And that really helps um, reestablish the blood flow to where it needs to go without anything trapped. You know, like sometimes certain energy gets trapped in your blood, which I call chi. Chi and blood is the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it can transmute itself to not so great energy. So anyway, so what I was trying to say was, um, I always need to be outputting energy. Otherwise, like my, my body's just made that way. Like if energy gets stored there, cause I make, I produce too much energy. It can transmute that energy. But, mm -hmm. but anyways, yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with that, but, uh, Oh, you were talking about how, uh, you kind of became a, a sort of celebrity at that gym oh, in a way. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so when that started happening, um, these little kids were coming up to me and they would ask me like, could you teach me, you know, and it started really inspiring me. And, that's what really got into uh, what got me into establishing Alpha Echelon, which right now I'm kind of like mm, putting it on the side right now just because of the whole uncertain times thing. And I'm yeah. trying to like maintain my own thing for now. But my whole vision with that was to train 
you know, youngsters or people who are much younger than me. And I always tell them this too. I'm like, my goal is to teach you to be better than who, like the, to be better than what I am now when you reach my age mm-hmm. so that when you can pass this on to what, uh, to your, to the youngsters that you inspire and so on and so forth. And that also fell in line with my whole consciousness grid upgrade and helping people. Uh, and that always inspired them when I told them that. So when they always saw me, I always gave them some tips here and there. But I always made this clear to them. I was like, look, I'm still, you know, 25 or at the time I was 24. Now I'm 25. And I was like, I'm not a master yet. I'm still training, you know, as much as I may be close because I'm training religiously. You know, I still need to be training. I can't be walking around with my robe like those elder monks do and simply, mm-hmm. you know, watching out for what you're doing wrong. As much as I would do that sometimes, I would always remind myself that I'm not done training. I'm not a super master where I'm like holding my foot up in the air. You know what I mean? I have some crazy flexibility goals I still need to be accomplishing and also like plenty of acrobatic goals I need to be accomplishing. And I would never put that on hold to just strictly teach because mm-hmm. I'm not done teaching myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so anyways, yeah. So the celebrity part, you know, I obviously have got some haters here and there too. Like, cause obviously when I'm hitting the bag, sometimes it's not so quiet, you know, I throw in chance <laughs> and it, you know, does shake the room a bit. Mm-hmm. And, Hitting the bag itself was loud enough. Throwing the chance in there, you know, it really kind of like shake people. Mm-hmm. And especially being super lit, right, <laughs> on five grams. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and I, <laughs> yes. I once told this to I once told this to somebody. Um, when it became a full moon, sometimes because I would train at the nights, so I'd go at like six p.m. to twelve at midnight. Oh I would God. almost feel, dude. Yeah, I would almost feel the full moon's energy effects on me being super lit on it and just like hitting the bags, like dripping with sweat as if like I went for a swim and people were looking at me like making puddles everywhere I walked. I mean, there was girls going on the grass field. They weren't even stretching. They were strictly sitting there and watching me and like (laughs) the mushrooms would just be amplifying all of it. It was actually so enjoyable to me that at one point I had to tell myself like chill out. I would do it consecutively. I would take five grams three to four days consecutively in a row. Yeah. But I was able to skip the tolerance effect because of the steam room and sauna and the Mm. way it would flush me out where I thought like, damn, you know, I really discovered a cheat code in myself, but here's the catch. If I were to tell somebody, you know, go to the gym or start training on mushrooms, they have, they don't even, you know, (laughs) quite literally know themselves or master themselves to sit straight on it to let alone now, practice movement or even hitting a bag on it right so it's almost like i need to be you know if i ever got into psychedelic therapy or things like that or teaching people how to use it my whole vision would probably be like i would first show them how to know themselves go deep into themselves then once i've saw that they can handle that then show them the ways of the psychedelic martial artist so i guess this would fall under psychedelic therapy which i know oregon's introducing uh recently they passed Mm -hmm. something about that so it's definitely a field that I saw myself in, but you know, it is time consuming and I haven't really looked too much into it, but it's just definitely something that hit me where I was like, this whole story and the way I explain this to people. Well, first of all, I don't explain this to many people. Mm-hmm. I explain this to esoteric and Gnostic people or people who are just somewhat woke or like know me mm-hmm. and know that, you know, when I was a teenager, I was, or I mean, when I was younger, I was always into the mushrooms more than even weed. You know, I even told this to people, I believe weed is more toxic than mushrooms in my opinion, yeah. just because of the way it taxes the lungs and the brain, 
as much as it uplifts you, it has a come down. Whereas mushrooms and even acid, the come down is like it synchronizes you back into reality and you almost feel more aware of your reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas weed, you know, it's kind of difficult nowadays, especially now that everyone thinks they're a grower and, you know, the way they're growing and what they're spraying on it, you know, you can't really say it's as beneficial more so than it is something to numb the the mind and senses the way, you know, having a beer uh, when you come from work kind of does. So like, that's what I always try to tell people. But then again, they look at me, they're like, dude, I can't be doing eating mushrooms the way you do and, you know, taking handling myself. Right. You know, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> so like, that's what I usually get. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. You know, this would definitely not apply to everybody. Um, it would definitely apply to the select few, uh, the chosen. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm not a big fan of always saying that because I always like to tell people, you know, I'm no different than you. You have the capacity to be just like me. You have to dedicate yourself, discipline, etc. But I also realize, you know, there's a certain warrior spirit that comes to somebody who has the balls you know, to take such copious amounts and go and train in public environments and, you know, look after themselves without somebody babysitting them. (laughs) And, you know, like I've even checked my eyes sometimes, like when I'm really sweating and really going with the flow, my pupils don't even get that big. So I discovered like, yeah, I discovered such interesting secrets. Like if you're working out while you're on it, you're almost ensuring it'll be a good trip because your blood circulation is flowing you're, you're essentially dancing, uh, which is also something uh, one of these psychedelic people said. Uh, I forgot his name. He passed away. I think it was. Uh, anyway, I can't remember. But mm. he said, if you ever run into a bad trip, I'll probably remember his name and tell you, uh, start dancing. Because when you start dancing, for some reason, the vibes immediately change and you're uh, immediately entering this good flow and good vibrational flow. Mm. So I like to think of it when I was training as a way of dancing. I mean, I would even do the Bruce Lee hop side to side type of thing as like a warm up. And <laughs> I would just do some crazy like movie type of stuff in there, man. And I was legit doing it to have my muscles warm and just primed, ready to strike. And people were looking at me like they thought I was putting on a show. But literally, I was being myself. And I mm-hmm. think that's what really uh, inspired people. Like some kid, 17 year old came up to me and like, you know what I love about you the most, man? You hit these bags however you want, and you simply don't give a shit what other people think Mm -hmm. or how they look at you. You still do it. And that inspires me. And him just saying that inspired me so much further to do it even harder, which I did. And I continue to do, and I will continue to do when they open it up. So it was all just like a great energy bouncing inspiration, man. But anyway, to like kind of wrap up the whole gym thing about that, uh, I said I, I came to a certain point where I got a certain amount of followers. Like right now, it's like close to 4,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it came to a point where I was experimenting like the kind of content I released. So I would hybrid off of martial arts content. I hybrid with esoteric bombs, which I'm dropping nowadays since mm-hmm. everyone's kind of at home and everyone's like in a mentally uh, unstable environment because they're not really sure what exactly this virus and or whatever codename corona really is mm-hmm. and how what it's going to impact for their future like they're questioning their whole life at this point so for example that would be the point that i register like yeah now's the time i need to be you know dropping these reminders like you are a divine being you are chosen you are very special for being alive and here now um just basically putting it in those words and many different <laughs> excerpts that i release 
And I was just hoping to inspire people in whatever great work or whatever situation they're in to, you know, stay strong. You know, the storm will pass. Mm-hmm. And so aside from that, when I would post, like I, I posted some tutorials, like simple t- tutorials about like stretches and movements like evasion and stuff. I wanted to see kind of the feedback I got. And I got more likes, not so many comments as much as I would get comments with the esoteric ones. So that's when I was registering, like people are more interested in wisdom nowadays and around these times. I hybrid off of those two, but my most important kind of revelation I had with all these followers is I took it as a responsibility. Like I'm not an entertainer on Instagram. I'm somebody who's supposed to make people realize their own gifts right? Be inspired by it, whether it's videos, pictures they see of me, or even captions that they read to do better in their great work, to be better in their great work. So that's essentially what I wanted to do with my Instagram that I'm doing with my Instagram, um, which is kind of unique. I don't know if it'll attract so many followers hybriding like that, but that's essentially my vision with Instagram. But yeah, a little bit about that. Uh, Do you have any questions? Yeah, man. I mean, that was how I first saw you. It was that video where you're just absolutely going ham on all the bags. And I had, yeah. to, I had to watch it a few times. I was like, is this guy just having a full-on freak out or is there actual skill there? And the more, <laughs> the more that I watched, I was like, yeah, no, there's a lot of skill behind this guy. And then mm-hmm. I and then I went through your Instagram feed and I, there I found several different videos of of you doing that. Like I thought, okay, maybe he showed up to the gym one day and just you know on a guest pass or something and went absolutely nuts and they filmed it and then they kicked him out because that's just <laughs> not like LA style gym going. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but then I went through your Instagram and I, like there's actually a bunch of them of you just absolutely going off on these bags. And I saw the one that you were talking about where you were punching and swinging the bag. And then I saw the yeah. one where you swung off the rope. Like I've seen all these videos. I'll link them in the show notes so people can check this out. And they're absolutely incredible. But I was just trying to figure out, and you answered the question for me, how you got in the space to put out that much energy. And of course, five grams of mushrooms will do that. And that's just, that's absolutely incredible. And just crazy respect to you for doing that and, and for channeling it because you're absolutely right. I couldn't have done that. Like I've had plenty of experience with psychedelics, but I didn't grow up having them in quite the same way where it was like supported. Like you had this journey when you had your first experiences with mushrooms and you were younger, you had all these awakenings and I didn't grow up uh, in, in that way, in that environment, people who were not supportive to my cosmic awakenings, like, what are you talking about, dude? Stop with mm. all that weird. So that kind of really put me off the whole thing for a while. So it took me a while, but you've established that foundation within yourself going on these trips up into the mountains, like in, into Shasta and taking, I mean, heroic doses and even the world <laughs> mythological dose is probably what it is. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, so that you can channel that amount of energy when you just go into a gold gym in, in Los Angeles and just massacre the bags. So this is the, this is the end product of a journey for you. Yeah, man. Uh, and to be really honest, I, I love how you said it too. I feel like I was doing an honor to not only my ancestors, but the warriors that came before me. You know, their great, you know, their greatness is, was almost getting buried now in this new world, mm-hmm. this new modern world where like, training nowadays is just so watered down. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. even Jeet Kwon Do, like I trained some in my local LA, some dude was training and I was like, there's no way like I first, oh yeah. So check this out. <laughs> I took, I want, I took, also took five grams when I showed up on some private lessons. So I obviously didn't tell him. Yeah. By the <laughs> so, way. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I straight up, <laughs> I didn't tell him, but I showed up on five grams. Okay. And I'm, he's teaching me privately. I went two hours you know, privately. And he's like, you know, he said things like, damn, tearing my arm off. You know, he was holding the pads. I was hitting and I was like, yeah, you know, just got that inner strength. 
Anyways, two hours was up and he had this group class and I also stayed the two hours of that. Okay. And he would give me, he would give me certain stamina and endurance, like rope swinging things to do. And people were doing more advanced, like Taekwondo stuff. And I was like, you know, Hey, can I jump in and do that too? And like certain of their students would be like, well, you know, you gotta, you know, have been here for so-and-so time period and stuff. I'm like, look, man, (laughs) I didn't want to tell him this straight up, but I was like, I've just basically accomplished probably two years worth of Jeet training from two hours of training with this guy just because of what I was able to channel from the mushrooms and take in my soul. Mm -hmm. You know, probably Bruce Lee was present in it too. And like, I just was laughing at the way that they were, I mean, they were way out of shape. I mean, there was Mm -hmm. this fat dude who looked like he was just straight up working at McDonald's, man. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this dude's been here for five years training this and he looks like that. I mean, I it just, it didn't make sense to me, but I understood like there's people who were avid and they wanted to learn this and they were like dedicated and they just simply didn't care how they looked. You know, maybe they look like Humpty Dumpty and they just simply didn't care as long as they knew the deadly moves that if somebody pulled it on them. But whenever I stood, I stayed there for four hours, you know, towards the end, I was like, even like, yo, can I spar with you guys? I was ready to spar my own Sifu who was teaching me because I was so confident in my movement abilities to evade, you know, I wasn't so focused on hitting him. I was more focused on evading and just kind of like testing my reaction time. Right. I wasn't like that egotistical, like, Oh, I could beat my own master type of shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'm ready right now. Like, especially the training, <laughs> the warm up and the training that this dude gave me with these private lessons and this endurance exercise, like my blood was flowing and I was like, I'm ready to spar. I don't even need a helmet. And dude, people were looking at me, man. And they were like, who the fuck is this dude? This is like his second time here. And this guy thinks he's ready to just spar the master himself. And I was like, yeah. And eventually they just simply didn't let me. Now, after that day, I didn't return. Now, it's not because I was so upset about all this. It was more so like I felt more confident in my personal methods of training myself with the help of the golden teachers rather Mm -hmm. than going out here and when I say golden teachers, you know who I mean, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. <laughs> Rather than going out here and learning from fellow humans who are still not as aware, at least mm-hmm. I would think not as aware as the awareness that I got going on, able to retain this information in the soul and transmute it and make it specific to who I am as a person, how my body is developed to move in this gravitational realm, right? They're kind of like, oh, this is the way how he did it. Let me just practice it over and over again. Rather, they don't go through like they don't brainstorm their own way of doing it because your uniqueness is ultimately is what's going to determine you winning all your battles and all your duels because if your opponent knows exactly what you're going to do, I mean, what's the point at that point, mm-hmm. right? I would always see this in UFC. I was like, this dude, Habib, is only going to win by choking you out. You know, how hard is it to simply wait for that time for him to ch- try to come and take you down? And knee them in the face like there's no tomorrow. Or, you know, like just simple analytics that I just, I'm just surprised that people weren't able to register observing how these people fight. Um, That's also what kind of like made me stay away from competitions because I always thought it was so weird and so unnatural and not open flowing. Like when I would spar with my partner, for example, we would be on a grass field completely open, sometimes chasing each other down on the other side of the field completely like burnt out on cardio but we were able to spar for like 45 minutes you know an hour as much as we wouldn't hit each other so much we got one hell of a cardio 
charging at each other or evading each other. That, in my perspective, was the natural flow of martial arts and the way it should be, rather than putting on all this gear or hitting pads or even the helmet, man. It increases your mass of your head. You're obviously going to get hit, especially with the mass of the glove. Rather, you should be working on, yo, how do I dodge that fist? Right. You know, mm-hmm. put a glove on to cover, cover the knuckles, obviously, but work on slipping that fist, even if it's an inch or two away, because that's all it needs to be for you to then counter or defend yourself or attack. Mm-hmm. So my perspective, definitely, I guess I have the golden teachers to think got upgraded to understand all this because I once started with, you know, all that gear on and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, this shit's weighing me down and slowing me down. And then real life situation at a bar when the guy has an empty ball in his hand. I'm not going to be doing these movements. I got to be fucking jumping and rolling or some shit or like, you know, jumping on a table and like doing, <laughs> doing like an aerial off some shit. I don't know. So I always thought like it's all adaptability and agility and quickness and speed more than like the technique and the form because the technique and form will go out the door when you're dealing with, you know, multiple opponents and you kind of just, you know, making sure you're not, tr- you're not going to get hit and all you got is this chair or you know, kind of like Jason Bourne type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's always what registered to my soul. But as I tried to explain it to people, I could understand they somewhat got it, but they were like, you know, this guy's off his rockers. Like, this guy's just on another page. And I mean, I guess <clears throat> I can't just say it. I would have to show them as well. And I haven't shown too many people literally what I'm saying right now to you because I know like this is, these are like sacred arts and these mm-hmm. are sacred secrets. You show the wrong people They'll go and they'll wreak havoc. And then there's guilt and bad karma in me. So that's why I've been quiet for the most part and kind of in my zone. You you kind of are on your own page. And that's not a bad thing. Like you are on your own frequency. That's an advantage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for you, the the mushrooms are a cheat code, like literally a cheat code, because most Mm -hmm. people don't have the ability to um, go into a situation of people who are sober, particularly of normies, expand their expand their consciousness that far, which is what mushrooms do. You've established the free-flowing communication between your mind and your body quite well. You're quite fluent at talking with each other. So you can, so you, and you have this internal core of navigating that sort of liminal psychedelic space. So you can, you can carry that f- mode of consciousness into a martial arts class with strangers. So you can then embody all the teachings in a couple hours in a way, because your consciousness is expanded that way and because you have the much uh, fluency with your body, in a way that would take someone who's sober years to internalize. So you mean, yeah. you've, you've just done the, you did the Konami code, you know what I mean, before you walked in there and just did the download. I mean, but that's really what happened. <laughs> Quite literally, man. I always, I always think of Neo as well too, you know, <laughs> they put on the helmet like, oh, I know Kung Fu now. Yeah. You know, not literally to that extent, but I almost felt like, like that's, you know, when your soul upgrades, it's almost remembering like from past lives. Like I would have past life regressions where I could have sworn I've been a Viking warrior or like a Spartan or a ninja or samurai where I was like, you know, I'm just recalling, you know, I feel like I'm learning, but I'm actually remembering. And that was always so huge for me. So certain ways I would hit the back when I would be on mushrooms, man. And then sober, I went and I was like, all right, I'm going to hit this the same way that I was hitting it yesterday. And it would not come out of my body that same way. It was so profoundly surprising to me. I was like, there's no way. Like I was a different creature. Like was my eyes glowing when I was on this shit and hitting it in that way that now all of a sudden I have human eyes and it's not, you know, like 
I don't know if you've seen King Arthur, but there was like scenes where when he would hold the sword, Mm -hmm. his eyes would glow blue and like he would know how to swing the sword and et cetera. I was just, I was relating it to that. I thought like it had, it it supercharged me the way an engine gets supercharged to just go with the flow. Whereas sober, it almost feels like, oh, you know, I'm back to this three dimensional gravity filled, you know, realm. I need to just adapt. So yeah, it's literally exactly like you said. It's almost like the downloads that you bring in. Now, the challenge for me was like, I need to download it and then not depend on it like crutch. You know, it it can't be something that's, you know, as much as I treat it like my vitamins, because I think of it like lion's mane and chaga, reishi and all those divine mushrooms. I also like to think of it as, as least amount as possible to retain it and, you know, learn from it and not depend on it. So that was also huge for me. If someone had a real good fluency with languages, like if for someone for whatever reason was really good at learning, you know, Chinese and Russian and French and all that, they would be able to take mushrooms or whatever worked for them and just sit down and kind of flip through a language book and be like, yep. And it's very much like that Neo, like, yeah, I know Kung Fu kind of thing. But I mean, that's, that's just your unique soul destiny, I guess you might say, like maybe someone else, like maybe that wouldn't work for me. Maybe there's something else that would work for me in that situation. But, but that's what makes you uniquely you, that you find these expressions that all sum together in the way that you are you, I suppose you might say. Precisely that. I mean, at one point I was almost paranoid that if I shared these secrets with other fellow warriors, you know, like, would they use it for good purposes? Would they try to get an upper hand that now they know these secrets? So I would always kind of be quiet about it as well. But then I realized, like, even if they, like certain people, even if they tried, they would lose their mind because, like, you need to be in a certain Zen state to be able to do this. Now, I've also heard from the Kalindi martial artist, he'd said in Shaolin, first of all, he said Shaolin means young pine tree. (laughs) And he would say, the mushroom would grow under that. Mm. Now, I don't know if it was to that extent, but he was always so saying like certain Shaolin monks would also partake in similar psychedelics, kind of the way I was explaining with the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Like certain enhancements were given to these warriors to, you know, especially the Vikings. Like if I would just wanted to talk about Vikings, I mean, they would eat these mushrooms before they went into battle. And I always wondered what gave them these berserker strengths. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense to me now. And honestly, like I also get a lot of Viking recalls and revelations when I'm on it. Like I'm growling, hitting the bags and walk like I just tore this guy's head off type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it was like pretty intense. bro. when I was looking around, I saw some dudes were looking at me like they were scared, man. They had this mm-hmm. look on their face, man. They were ready to leave the gym. But <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> but, you know, in my head, I was like, <clears throat> I'm doing this to improve my inner strength, my inner warrior. And like maybe it's coming out aggressively like this but to me in my head it was all right it wasn't like i didn't feel ashamed i didn't feel guilt i just felt like myself nobody had the boss to come up to me not even the personal trainers yeah, or no. the, you know what i mean to tell me hey man cool it i mean the girls that worked <laughs> would joke around with me about that and i would joke back with them about it but i would still do whatever the fuck i was going to do anyway yeah. and that was the best part man i loved expressing myself and i loved the, the reaction and the the uplifting vibes it would give people and to whomever it didn't give to, you know, I send my prayers that, you know, eventually the, you know, eventually it'll get to them and they would understand that you need to express yourself. You can't just be too serious with life. You have to have humor. Um, you have to be, you know, fun and flowing with the way you go about life. So, so it's not just all seriousness with me whenever I'm training. I also like to 
you know, sometimes laugh at the way I'm hitting it or the way I'm moving my body and jiggling it. And it just gives me life, man. It really does. And that shows, that really shows in, in watching those videos is just how in the moment you are. And that's what's really special about them is that it's really clear, like you're not performing for the camera. In fact, the one, the one that I saw, it's not even clear that in the moment that you're aware the camera is even on you. It's just, mm -hmm. you just come flying out of the frame and you do a, you know, you do a, fl a front flip and then you just go nuts <laughs> on the bags. And it's like, and and the way the video is presented, it's like it's like I think it's your Asian friend who's recording. He's wrapping his hands. It looks like yeah. for boxing or something. And it's like he had just set up the the phone for whatever reason and was recording. And then this guy comes out of nowhere and goes nuts on the bags. And it's you're so fully in the moment, and it's incredible to watch. It's and I can understand why a lot of a lot of lesser dudes might be really scared by that. And also probably a lot of women are like, wow, I hope he asks for my number. You know, <laughs> for sure you experience that. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, uh, the girl part, the women part, it was more eye contact. Like, is his mental state okay? Yeah. Like, this really reminds me. I once wa I once watched a video about berserkers, and this dude was saying like the mental state of berserkers, and it was hitting me for some reason because I was like, these dudes take mushrooms when they went went to war, and sometimes when I would take a lot too consecutively, or when I take too much, I started experiencing whoa, like I'm becoming too hard headed. Like I'm turning too much, too much warrior. Like my, I need to like, uh, balance my emotional states. Like for example, I would need to go to nature or even if I took it in nature, it would balance me out. Or if I went to nature sober, et cetera. But anyways, what I wanted to say about the berserker was their mental states were always so off where like they would go in the forest and myth. And there was a myth about how they would turn into bears just because how off their mental states when they would just disappear into the woods. And like, I just remembered that and I was like, I need to, you know, mind straight because sometimes if I'm too much of myself or too much in my warrior flow, yeah. as if I'm on the battlefield, you know, it's not really a sight to be too, you know, something that's too attractive. And then in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to go too intense today. I'm just going to hang upside down, you know, but um, anyways. <laughs> Well, this is this is part of this is part of what you, what starts to happen once you start to become yourself, and you start to be. You know, this is something that I think a journey that many men are on of self-expression, a full, total self-expression, and the things that they're doing every day or the things that they're passionate about, and that's what happens. And you have to sort of learn to navigate. You know, if we were all fully expressed all the time, or if we attained that state of full expression, we would feel very differently about ourselves, and the world would feel very differently about us. And it's a really difficult world to navigate once you're freely expressed physically, once you're freely expressing your joy or freely expressing passion or energy, especially at a, at a gold gym in Los Angeles. I think there probably couldn't be a harder place on earth to be freely expressive of joy than a city that's all about posing and pretending. And, mm -hmm. and then here you are being fully self-expressed, <laughs> you know, and it's, and that's the thing though, but these are the things that I think aren't necessarily obvious when people will be watching that. It's like, well, what are the, you know, how are you navigating that social environment? Like, cause you can only take off, you can only take off your social awareness hat for so long before you look around. It's like, oh, wow, there's people staring at me, you know, demolishing this army of, of leather bag warriors, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, but then you, but then you have to somehow integrate that into your being, into your still being a man when uh, Superman gets done being Superman, he gets to pretend that he's Clark Kent and no one knows. But when Alpha Starseed is done being Superman, he's still Alpha Starseed. You know, he doesn't put on glasses <laughs> like, oh, it's a different guy. No problem, you know. But these are <laughs> this is important because this is the integrated life that you're living. 
exactly. I loved how you said it too. I, I like to think of it like this too. If we were fully expressing ourselves, we would honestly be walking around naked, not even shamed of yeah. what's down there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like we're just naturally born sinners. We're just ashamed. That's why we got to put clothes on. Now, obviously that's a little extreme, but like, that's my whole perspective. But if we were fully expressing ourselves, we wouldn't have all these insecurities and just using a radical example of wearing clothes and not walking around naked, just for an example. Cause yeah, I know sure. th- there are some people who like at the locker room, they're all like making sure like their towel is wrapped around and stuff. Like I'm over here. Like when I'm done showering, I open that thing. And I'm like, if you're looking down there, you better believe it's a sight to behold, you know, like obviously <laughs> not trying to <laughs> no homo or nothing, you know yeah. what I mean? But like the confidence and, you know, knowing that, you know, you are the best version of yourself and that's what counts, you know, mm-hmm. and expressing that it has, there's no shame behind it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I loved how you said, you know, still the part of being a man and that etiquette and that class, you know, there, it still needs to be there. You can't obviously be a barbarian everywhere you go. You know, what happens at the gym essentially for me stays there because the way I hang out with people in social environments, I'm super easy to talk to person. I could carry conversations on forever. And just people look at me like this voodoo wizard type of dude, you know, who just, you know, studies like these ancient martial arts. They think I'm more of the Tibetan type of monk who just sits and meditates because, mm. you know, I'm pretty lean when I wear, you know, a lot of clothes. They don't see too much of the muscles popping out, which lately I've been working on. I'm like, I'm trying to get more looking like Batman, whereas I was more looking like a lean version of, I don't know, I, I don't really know a character right now off the top of my head, but a mm. more lean martial artist whereas i know like in my head oh yeah this was another revelation like i would talk to some of my friends about they're always like or i mean the the concept goes that when you're more uh into agility or into quickness like bruce lee you're generally more slim or more lean in my perspective or like they would say like those who are bigger or heavier or just larger in general they're not as fast but in my perspective i believe and i knew for a fact the mushroom solidified this that no matter how big you are or how buff you are, you can still move as quick as the dude who's skinny. You just need to upgrade your every part of your body, like mm. from your skeletal to your nervous to your tendons to your muscles. They all need to be synchronistic, and it could very much be possible. And that's one thing I'm actually working on, right? Not just the acrobatics of being able to do a backflip without tucking or like grabbing my knees, for example. Being six foot. And having a long upper body is not difficult. Like when I was training with the monks and doing these acrobatics, he was looking at me like, Gavin, you know, I like your body, man. Like, how the fuck are you able to do this? <laughs> but like, he didn't know, obviously, I was taking some mushrooms here and there too. And I was learning these acrobatics, you know? Yeah. So these secrets like really spoke to me. So like, I understood like, you're put, by putting, you know, by labeling like, I need to be skinny to be quick, you're only limiting yourself. The only thing you need to be is know yourself, how, however big you are or however skinny you are, and just know that it's not going to stop you from, or in this case that I'm talking about, if you're big, you're, not, you're still able to be as fast as Bruce Lee. You just need to be training that way, right? Always lifting, but then always doing high-intensity, quick movements. Now, obviously, you're going to get tired quickly. Uh, I'm going to say that for sure because you have a lot more mass you're moving. But then that's the whole journey. You know, and Then you know, okay, I got to get my cardio up now, right? I weigh 190 pounds. I'm trying to move like I was 170, like this was me, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't weigh 190 right now. Actually, I'm 185. I was 185. I was at the time moving like like Bruce Lee when I was 170. But I was like, even at 185, I should be able to. And the last couple months before they closed it out, that's what I was training. I was like, 
I need to be this weight. I need to have this figure like this, you know, you know, how, what, how can I say this? Like Greek God type of figure mm-hmm. and still be able to move like Bruce Lee, kick like Bruce Lee and be flexible, you know, drop into splits, et cetera, et cetera. Like all of this should still be possible with massive muscle on me. So that, that part started amazing me. And I started like training in that way and I still am. Um, so that's something I'm definitely going to prove to everyone. Like, you know, you don't have to be skinny to be this crazy, superhuman, supernatural dude. You can be it when you're big and buff too. So just something I wanted to share about that. Um, yeah. but basically, yeah, to summarize what you're saying, exactly, exactly that you need to, uh, specifically the part when you mentioned as a man, in my perspective, uh, you can't always be a barbarian, right? Would you agree on that? Yeah. Well, I think as you talk about switching into this barbarian mode, uh, obviously not everyone's going to be able to, to take three to five grams of mushrooms and just switch it on. So, uh, so what advice would you, would you offer to men who want to get into that mode of being, obviously you're not going to be able to expand your consciousness to the size of the galaxy, but you can draw, you can stimulate that berserker rage inside yourself, you know, for a really solid workout, whether you're lifting yes. weights or hitting the bags, like what sort of techniques do you need to do when it's like, okay, I really need to get in the zone right, right now. And I'm not going to take mushrooms today. Like what do you do to get yourself in the zone? Oh, okay. Oh, you mean when you don't partake in the medicine or do you mean, oh, okay. When you get into the berserker mode, but not taking the medicine. Well, yeah. How do you, how do you get yourself into that state without the medicine? Oh yes. Okay. So, well, I mean, without it, uh, well, are you also involving any like pre-workouts or anything? Or do you mean like purely water and just like regular food? Like you're talking purely just normal dude going and trying to uh, stimulate this? Let's say both. Let's say like on one hand, you, if you're just drinking water and you're just going, trying to get yourself into the mind state, but we could also throw in say natural supplements, like you're talking about chaga and maca and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so sort of something that sort of grows in the ground that you can get at a health food store, but not necessarily like your crazy gorilla pre-workout synthetic <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? But like, awesome. what sort of things would you do if you were taking a more natural approach, however that manifests for you? Yes, absolutely. So first off, I would start off like there's certain Viking music I listen to. Mm. And for me, music has been very amplifying of the soul. And, you know, the soul and the heart is where the blood and all the energy really comes from, at least for me. So that's where it would direct to the muscles. So to jumpstart my soul and heart, um, certain music that everyone has their own taste, like me, would mm-hmm. be like Viking music with a lot of drums and upbeat. That would get me into the zone. And I would go there and you know, first I would stretch a bit, but I would get into the zone by loosening up, listening to some of that, drinking plenty of water. And usually I'd take a lot of stimulant type of herbs or like coffee and stuff. And that usually also boosts me out. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm, uh, I guess I naturally have all of this energy that I start off with the song, some stretches and a mental state that I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just get it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I know there's so many different other approaches. Like, were you looking more specific or like, would that answer it for the most part? Well, I mean, so, so I do a couple of different practices. I like lifting weights three days a week and then I train boxing three days a week, three days a week. Uh, and then, okay. so I find myself, you know, I go to a, a boxing gym. It's a good, it's a good environment. It's like a local kind of place, you know, with family kind of environment. So it's really nice. But just for myself, it's like, okay, I, I find that it takes me a little bit to get into the flow. Whereas, you know, when I, when I go, whether I'm boxing or whether I'm lifting weights, like I want to get in there and just freaking attack. And I find yeah. that, you know, when I get in that mode, so just what would your advice be to 
me, like, okay, so I'm going over to the gym right now and I just want to get after this workout and really get the most out of it. Like what sort of advice would you give to me? Uh, okay. So I like, I like how you reworded that because now I'm going to say what I would personally be paying attention to and what I've learned from all of my training, especially with what the mushrooms has taught me. So mm -hmm. first and foremost, I have some videos on this actually on my page too. If you're interested, let me know. Sure. Yeah, but please. Before, yeah, of course. So before I begin, I start first with joint rotations. I start from the bare minimum, right? Because if I go into the gym and I, I'm already amped, for example, from the music and I just want to jump in on lift, right? If I'm not, you know, if my joints and my blood flow is not proper to all of my body, I know for a fact I'll be too sore the next day or something will happen and, you know, I feel like I wouldn't get a clean workout or I'll be sore. Or like even boxing, right? Like, like you mentioned, if you're not loose, and your blood is not circulating as it should, you know, you're, you're going to get the great boxing workout, but the next day you're not going to feel good. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, so personally, I'm going to just go in depth to what the specifics of what I would do to ensure the best possible workout. So assuming you got amped with the music mm -hmm. and whether you took stimulants or not, uh, but you're ready to just go all out on the weights. So before you do that, you want to, you want to wrote, you want to uh, go through the nine main joint rotations, right? So that would be the neck, the shoulders, I have a video on this, I'll send mm -hmm. it to you. It'd be the neck, the shoulders, the elbows, the wrists, the waist, the hips, the knees, and the ankles. All right, there's certain rotations and you want to do it like nine times each side. Okay, so once you do the rotations, I also have some certain stretches that stretch the important parts, of, such as the important parts of the leg, the shoulders. Okay, and what these stretches do is they kind of stimulate blood flow there prematurely. So when you go all out to the weights and well, let's say you start off heavy because you just listen to this crazy, amazing song and you just, you're not going to start light. You're going to go straight to the heavy. So even if you did something like that, your muscles are already warm in like a very specific way. You know, you can't just do a generic stretch. These are specific stretches I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Where like, even if you went a little overboard, your body's able to handle that. And like the next day you're still feeling great. See, the reason I would do these things is because I personally would undergo these type of circumstances where I would go there and be like, I am so ready to go too all out, right? Especially mm -hmm. when I'm super lit on golden teachers, you know, sometimes I just can't even control myself. I'm like, I'm doing it. It doesn't matter. So I ensure that even though I do it and sometimes it's overboard, I've stretched and I'm not going to injure myself no matter the fact that I just jumped to the heaviest or the more heavier part. So mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Ensure that you do these joint rotations, ensure that you do these uh, stretches. And optionally, I also have this thing I do, some Qigong breathing, where like you're moving Qi from your kidney area, which is the resting place. You're moving it up into your around your chest, which is where your heart is, and then back down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I inhale through the nose, exhale through the nose. Um, and then there's another, uh, after you do that a couple of times from the waist or the kidneys to around your neck area. Then what I do is the last breath as I'm standing. So I, okay, so I'll bring it up, inhale all the way to the chest. And then as I exhale, since I'm standing, I, I exhale all the way down to my toes and then have my hands on my toes, almost like the energy is transferring from my hand to my toes, mm -hmm. right? After I breathe, I breathe a couple of times and then I bring it back up. So I inhale as my hand is moving through my toe to my shin, knee, etc all the way back up to my chest and then back down to my kidneys. So what that what this does is, oh yeah, the other one would also be moving um, on each of your arms. So let's say my left hand, I'm um, breathing in 
moving it along my right arm as my right arm is extended i'm like moving the chi exhaling and almost like from my hand there's fire or energy moving throughout my arm okay mm-hmm. so th- these qigong techniques which is done after the joint rotations and after the stretches really really ensure that your chi is cultivated or it's just like ready you know to be fully executed mm. so these would these would be the most important things for me like before jumping into some hardcore workouts, even cardio. Like I know some people are like, if I'm going on a simple run or jog, uh, I don't really need to stretch. You know, it's just kind of like loosen up the body, get my heart rate going. But even when you do this, you realize like, shit, I'm able to go longer. And even I have to remind myself that sometimes when I'm lazy and I just want to get my heart rate and like my blood flow going, I sometimes even forget it when I shouldn't, where I would like, dude, you need to be doing these things to ensure like you go longer each time. Because my perspective is never jogging or never doing a certain workout, you know, the same amount every day. It should always be, I need to be extending this endurance uh, or endurance of it, right? Doing it longer, doing it more efficiently. These pre-preparations ensure that each day you're able to go farther and farther and amplify it even further if you involve golden teachers. So mm. that's what I would do. You've touched on the notion of energy. Uh, a yes. number of times, and, and and this is something that I don't find gets really talked about enough in discussions of combat sports or lifting or any kind of physical activity. Some people will talk about energy when you when you think of more like the Shaolin monks or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the channeling of it, as you're talking about the channeling of chi, it's sort of um, you've got the three dimensional. Let's let's take in terms of say boxing or martial arts. You've got the three dimensional movement of your body, which is the things that it's doing. And it's very possible to be very 3D in your approach to martial arts or anything you're doing really. Then there's the four dimensional level, which is more psychological, like your kind of mind state of the whole thing. You know, what state, what state of mind, what's your focus level like? Have you left the world behind? Are you in the moment? But then there's also the fifth dimensional level, which is really the movement of energy through the body, the channeling of it. And that's where you started to get into like that Jedi kind of flow state. And, and I don't know that that's really understood well enough, especially when it comes to things like with lifting weights or boxing. Maybe it's talked about in Kung Fu, but it's not really brought into most of most people's physical activity kind of lives. But it's, it's really, really important. It's something that I forget. But you're reminding me that it's important to start incorporating that into my workouts if I really want to st- start to make significant progress. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you want to know uh, how to stimulate that energy flow more mm-hmm. efficiently? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my most precise answer is strictly breath work and the way that that breath work moves. Now, I know people are familiar with Wim Hof, which increases your uh, ability to withstand really cold temperatures, et cetera. But there are certain Qigong breath work um, where like you'll even experience this on golden teachers. I promise you, like it really teaches you a lot about this, but whenever you inhale, you understand that you're accumulating the force, right? You're accumulating the force and you're ready to output it. So like, for example, you're doing a bench press, you inhale all the way before you press it up. So, okay, uh, let, me, let me try to simulate this in my head. So you you grab, you're laying down, I'm just using bench press as an example. I can use any example you want. I'm just gonna use uh, bench press for now. So I, I, I'm laying down, I lift it up, and I'm getting ready to take it to my chest before I bring it up, right? Mm-hmm. So as I have it lifted up, I would inhale through my nose, Hold that inhale. When I bring it down to my chest, okay, now the force output needs to be the greatest, right? Mm-hmm. So my exhale would now begin when I when I now push the bar back up 
And it's very controlled, the exhale. It's not all at once and it's not too quick and it's not too fast. It's a very controlled flow. Like, And the reason why it's so controlled and not too fast, not too slow, but the perfect amount of speed is that breath is essentially like the oxygen and the blood and all of that that's moving through your muscles. That breath is what's circulating and regulating all that. So when you do it correctly, you're ensuring almost like the force and all your cells are perfectly lined with each rep. So therefore, once again, you're able to possibly go longer. Whereas if you just did it without really paying attention to your breath, breathing in and out through your mouth, you know, you probably would not mm. last that long. Whereas you did controlled in and out breaths through your nose um, in that manner of understanding that your force output is when you exhale and the force input is when you inhale then you're ensuring maximum output and you're ensuring um, maximum amount of endurance in whatever workout it is. And I can use any other example if you're interested in whatever else. Yeah, that, that, that would be great. So let's let's talk more about um, people are into, I don't personally do it, but people are into, say, jiu-jitsu. Um, mm-hmm. how, would you, how would you apply it in a jiu-jitsu kind of setting? Oh, that's a great question. So, so jiu-jitsu, I know it has a lot of grappling. Like I wasn't personally too much into grappling and jujitsu and stuff i mean i was into the basics because i was mostly into like i got to keep it stand up and if it's not stand up and ends up on the ground you got to do some like uh krav maga type of moves and finish it but but if we were talking uh talking straight uh jujitsu i do have some perspectives on it so when you're going in okay so i I just thought of one example so let's say you're getting ready to go in for a i don't know the terminology to use but like let's say you're like you're going to choke this guy out and finish him mm. right before you're getting ready to do that you're generally super relaxed i mean i've seen them in the way they move they're mm. usually super relaxed right before they execute the not killing blow but the tap out blow or whatever they call mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. i don't know their terminologies i'm just going to use warrior terminology sure yeah go for it so before the killing blow they're usually so relaxed and calm and this can translate to they're accumulating or breathing in okay because when they breathe out is probably when they're going to execute everything super fast, super untelegraphed, and just like going for the kill, right? Mm-hmm. So as I'm trying to think of an example, because I don't know their movements too much, I'm imagining this dude's rolling about and he's getting ready to kind of like get behind this dude and choke him out. And as he's planning it in his head, I've also heard them microdose. Uh, like I heard this one dude microdoses when he does jujitsu because he's able to channel that animalistic reaction of the human body of mm. when it's in dangerous situation of that jujitsu pose mm. that he's able to just blah, just like bounce out of it and just <laughs> get the upper hand it just reminded me of that but mm-hmm. anyways like let's just say this dude is getting ready to get behind this dude and choke him out as he's getting ready to do that he's really calm his body's super loose but he's obviously like defend keeping himself defensive now he's probably inhaling as he's so calm because that's usually like, I was also a swimmer and also talk a little bit about that. Yeah. But um, so before he goes in for that kill, he's generally relaxed and he slowly maybe does a couple in and out breaths to ensure the flow of his oxygen is like, like, let's just say sometimes like, I know a lot of elbows and a lot of stuff gets thrown around the chest and that could really interfere with your oxygen intake. Like, let's say like it's towards the end, it's been like 30 minutes they're wrestling, uh, so they need to, first of all, make sure the flow, the oxygen flow and everything is optimal. And once he ensures this, let's say he does a couple of breaths and he's calm, he's defending himself, then he's ready to go for the execution. Once he's ensured that the oxygen flow is optimal, 
Then he's slowly probably going to inhale, slowly, mediumly, however he wishes, not too fast. So slowly, mediumly uh, inhales through the nose. And then he has to t- the timing has to be super important about this too. I know that. So uh, assuming his timing is on point, once he finishes inhaling, as he exhales, as it could probably be done through the mouth as well, because I know <laughs> the exhale and moving and trying to grab someone and choke them out is a little different than throwing a punch. Right. Uh, so... At that point is when he would exhale, which would be the maximal amount of force output, which is when he's going for the uh, grab, going for the choke. And then let's just say he's uh, he has him and he's exerted all his output and he's holding that choke and he's just repositioning himself so that guy can't get out of the choke, for example. And he's just force output, right? Now he's recovering, right? Inhaling and all of that inhaling Oh, this I think would be specific to jujitsu. When he inhales, his stomach, his chest kind of opens up more. So I would assume he'd probably try to hold his breath while he's choking him out because that extra density in his chest might also, uh, uh, what do they call it, like crunch the dude more to have him tap out quicker. I'm just like brainstorming in mm-hmm, my head at sure. this point. I'm not too much into jujitsu, but that's what I would assume he would do after he's put out his, let's just say he did all of his force output, his chi output, he's exhaled, he's got this guy in the position that he wants, he's choking him out, he's holding it, he'd probably want to inhale and then press harder against his chest or, all right, assuming it's a chokehold, and I think that would go in for the kill, um, in my knowledge, to what I'm able to imagine, but um, I hope that answers it. Yeah, yeah, so it it sounds like, you know, for, for any sort of physical activity, the inhaling is the gathering of force into yourself. And then the exhaling is the expression of force. So you yes. synchronize the in, you synchronize the inhaling. Perhaps if I were in a boxing ring, sparring would be more on defense and preparing for whatever my next combination is. And then with the and then with throwing throwing the punches, whatever combination, that's the exhale is the delivery of force, not just through my body but also through the chi as well. Yes, yes. And I'm glad you mentioned about that. Uh, so whenever you you punch and you exhale, you sometimes can throw a chant. Like sometimes I know I would do that, like, like, or like through the nose, like, mm-hmm. like that, uh, that, ex- that quickness of exhaling or, um, the chant and all that, they would always, uh, the monks would also always tell me that whenever you throw, um, the chant or the exhale is also super important because that is also going to determine the maximum amount of output. Whereas I was saying like you would exhale not so loud in the jujitsu part or, when you're weightlifting, but people still do it. Like they'll mm-hmm. yell as they're bringing it up. Uh, but that yelling and chanting also helps. And I know they do this in boxing too, or especially in Muay Thai, they make certain sounds like, ah, ooh, like mm-hmm. that really helps. And so maybe you may even want to try that. Like as you're exerting the force, you just throw in a growl or like a hard exhale. Mm-hmm. And you'll just notice how your body just really powers up and you're like throws it even harder. Whereas if you didn't make the sound. Uh, so yeah. Hi everyone, hope you're enjoying the conversation with Alpha Starseed. This is just a brief interruption and a reminder to follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Men. that's R-E-N-O-F-M-E-N, like Renaissance of Men, but shorter, Ren of Men. You can also find me on Twitter at Will underscore Ren of Men. And if you're listening to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google, now is a great time to subscribe because I have a couple of amazing guests coming up, including the Grounded Athlete. He'll be talking about how connecting our feet to the earth promotes new dimensions of physical health. 
And then I'll be speaking with world-famous classical sculptor Sabine Howard. So if you have a moment, hit that subscribe button. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, please give us a like and review. It'll go a long way towards helping this podcast reach more men. Thanks so much, and let's get back to the conversation with Alpha Starseed. Being loud in gyms is not really a thing, and maybe probably ninety nine percent of gyms, but that's not something I really care about. So, you know, exactly. when I when I when I really get into it, whether I'm lifting or particularly in boxing, my trainer's pushing me really hard. You know, I'm screaming like whatever whatever I got to do to get through the round or whatever I got to do to get through the drill. And I actually find that if I'm doing that, it actually makes it quite a bit easier if I'm willing to kind of just let go and and be in the moment and ex- and express myself rather than trying to keep it in or whoa, what are they going to think? It's like no, I got to. Get through this round, like my survival, I guess you might say, or my experience at this moment is more important than whatever that person across the gym, across the gym thinks. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. That was perfectly said. And that's exactly how I always felt too. I'm here to do my own progress. I mean, right. if anything, they have headphones on now. Okay. Right. Now this, this sounds obnoxious and you'll probably laugh. I've had people across the gym on the treadmills, like on complete the other side opposite of where the bag is that i'm kicking he's like with my headphones on blasting music i'm able to hear your kick like a gunshot mm-hmm. yeah and that was one thing and i was like all right i guess i can understand if that part is disturbing that this dude has music blasting and it still is able to be heard so i guess there is certain limitations um that i would have to consider but even then i don't care i still do it so I mean, if it's that loud, it should be that loud. And if anything louder than that, because that means I'm improving. So to be exactly. honest, to be honest, yeah. if I, if I ran a gym, seriously, if I ran a gym, I would pay you to come in and do that because <laughs> if the, really, well, cause if there's someone on the treadmill who's watching you absolutely going all out at, at peak physical condition, full expression of what you care about, that's inspiring. Like that should motivate you to, if you're on the treadmill, fine, turn up the treadmill half a mile an hour. You know, you should be, you should be seeing this dude. You should be pushing yourself. I'm like, excuse me, can you turn it down? Like, I can't hear my podcast. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> Dude, that's so perfect. Actually, you just reminded me one time, uh, the last time before they closed the gym, when they first opened it, right? This this was Corona season, right? Yeah, you got to have your mask on when you're training. Yeah, 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 whatever. Fuck. Anyways, yes, they opened it up. Okay, that was the first day I took, my, my friend gave me some Hawaiians. I didn't measure it. Uh, he told me it was between seven to 10 grams, dude. And I was like, oh dear. Because I never, I didn't ask him until after I took it. I had some deep, dude, that was one of my deepest trips. Anyway, I know it's it, it's like it's gonna be long, but I was so just gonna good. go to the point. Go yeah, for it. No, go point. for it. Go take me on the journey, man. Take you on the journey. Okay, okay, all right. So <laughs> I took I ate it after I warmed up some bit on the bags. All right. And then I'm like, for once I'm gonna eat it after I warm up a bit, like get the blood flowing. Cause usually I'd eat it before I get the blood flowing to have it in my system and then the digestion will be the blood flow. Yeah. Whereas this time I was like, I'm gonna get the digestion and the blood flow prior to taking it. So I did that. Uh, I'm literally resting on the grass at the gym, bro, eating mushrooms like a snack, bro. It was fucking awesome. Epic, bro. Really. If there's a camera on me, dude, this is one hell of a movie. And I know they're going to make a movie about this. I need to be persistent in my efforts. Anyway, (laughs) me too. I know so. Anyways, as I'm eating it, yeah, man, as I'm eating it, I get done eating it. And I'm like, all right, I just can't wait for this to kick in. Okay, so I hang upside down. I go through my usual motions. And then this horrible stomach ache hits me, dude. I have no idea why because I chewed it well. I wasn't able to understand it. 
So all of a sudden, I'm glitched out. I'm sitting there near the bags, holding my stomach. I'm like, fuck, why isn't this going away? Mm-hmm. And then my friend shows up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go say hi to him. I went up to him to say hi. And do like some like, it felt like there were stars around my eyes and stuff. I feel like I took Molly and mushrooms at the same time almost. It was some weird like sensations going through my head. And I was like, whoa. So I start talking to my friend. I'm like, dude, it's kicking in. I think I need to go take a seat. He's like, go oh, enjoy, enjoy, man. And this was one of my uh, friends that we go to festivals with like, and, you know, mm-hmm. take copious amounts of, you know, <laughs> mushrooms as well. And, you know, he understood the way. So he was yeah. another Jedi. So I was talking to him all, you know, able to be myself. And then as I'm sitting there, oh, he recommended a certain drink to me. And he had some wisdom about, I was so glad I was, I, I ran into me, some wisdom about what was going on in the body, how to make it alkaline again and, you know, help the stomach. So he recommended the drink. I got that drink. All of a sudden I was bounced back. I was myself. I started hitting the shit like no tomorrow, man. I, I literally lit that gym up, dude. Okay. So I'm super lit going back and forth, bouncing around. But it was kind of like everybody was quiet. It was kind of awkward. Like some shit went down, bro. Because I hit it like super hard. Like it was kind of like too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Before that, as the gym was getting ready to close, I was super bummed out because t- my time and the amount of fun I was having, I wasn't able to divert, uh, assess some time towards the Seamroom and Sauna. So I was like oh, yeah. super bummed. Yeah, I always finish with the steam and sauna. But for some reason, this time I was like, it's 1130. They close at 12. I was like, damn it. I should just keep going. And there was boxers and dude, dude, uh, boxers and some other dudes sitting there watching me like, dude, this dude's been here for like four hours. He's still hitting that thing. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're looking at me. Some of them knew. They're like very few knew like what was up, but yeah. they don't talk about it like that. They're pretty quiet about it. But like they're just smiling and they're like, dude, you, you're a motherfucker, dude. You're nuts. Yeah. So anyway, like as it's closing out, the main part of the story, I go up to the manager who was there and I'm like, listen, that Gold's Gym logo with that dude holding the barbell, I'm going to replace that logo. Okay, I think this so confidently too, bro. I was super lit. I wasn't really sure if he knew I was super lit. And I didn't care at all either. Yeah. They were both looking at me. They were just kind of smiling, like, like pretending like, they knew, uh, I mean, pretending like they understood every word I was saying. They were trying to hold themselves back, I feel like, now that I'm thinking of it. Yeah. But anyway, I was saying crazy shit like, look, they're going to make a movie about me, all right? They're going to come up to you and they're going to ask you for certain footages of all of this. You know, saying all this crazy shit, man. I was out of my rockers, off my rock. But I was saying it confidently. And dude, they were like registering it somewhat. Obviously, the next couple of days, it's as if like it went in one ear, came out the other. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I was like, you know, all of this is subliminal. All of this is super subconscious. It's happening uh, every day that I'm training. Like, I got super inspired. Now, obviously, they closed the gyms again. And I got super bummed. But I was like, that's not going to stop me. I'm still going to be training in nature, yeah. doing my own thing. But yeah, the moral of the story was I literally went up to the manager. I told this dude, like, you see that Gold's logo? I'm literally going to replace it. Okay. I've even had some situations where they're like, you're asking for too many towels. Dude, I literally walk up. The fucking towel is drenched in my sweat as if I dropped it in a pool. I'm like, yo, give me another one. Like I did this three or four times, dude. The girls at one point were looking at me like I was trying to play them or something. Like I was patrolling them. Yeah, I was like, do you think I'm joking? Do you want to go feel this towel? And they were just like giving me some bad energy, man. And I was like, I can't believe it. I'm inspiring and I'm showing people what it means to be at a gym. 
Okay. Yeah. And like what it means to fucking sweat, right? Not just fucking move your legs here and there and go home, not break the sweat. Like literally like drip on the ground to a point that's a hazard. They have to bring a fucking yellow thing and put it there, right? Until they mop that thing because of how wet it is. You can literally slip and fall because of how wet it is. You know what I'm trying to say? And I'm using the towel to try to prevent that. And he's like, she's like, not trying to give me a new one. And I'm like, dude, I bought towel service for a reason. I'm paying you people to feed me these towels when I need them. If I need four of them, you better fucking give it to me because then I'm going to just start rubbing myself all over your tables and shit. I don't know, bro. I, was, I don't know. I'm just getting mad, dude. Sure. But anyways, like it got to a point where I was like super, supernatural. It was too much for them. They just couldn't handle it. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was just like surprising to me. Um, but anyways, like I guess I got the message through. I mean, I, I sometimes go overboard is what I'm trying to say. But even when I go overboard, just like you said, the guy's on the treadmill. He's watching me. And they've literally told me that too. They're like, I come to this gym every day. I see you, man. I'm always inspired. Like I yeah. go further in my workout and stuff. And I'm like, fuck yeah, man. You know, you should. And meanwhile, we got the personal trainers over there. They look like walking statues, but yeah. yet they're not able to offer such inspiration as the inspiration I offer without it saying a word. Whereas they have to be saying 10,000 words. And even the dude's like, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to pay you $100 an hour. I'd rather watch this dude go ape shit and kind of figure things out on myself how to lose weight. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, I myself, I'm, tr I'm trying to be a personal trainer, you know, just to have it in, in case people want that certification. But what I'm trying to say is like people are just so much by the book. There's so much by, you know, going the generic ways and just copying others and not being themselves. And then they wonder why, huh, this dude gets too much attention. Like, you know, he, he needs to like chill out. And I know why they say that those things. It's not because, you know, it actually is too much. It's because they're jealous. And, you know, I got to deal with it here and there. But I'm super friendly with them. And I try to wake them up and be like, hey, man, you know, don't worry about it. You know, I'll be, I'll be, you know, I won't be so loud. But I just tell them that and I still go being loud. And but they never mention it again. So I hope that they learn, you know, I try to teach these people subliminally, but sometimes it's too much. So I just, you know, keep my distance and do my thing. If they didn't want you there, they would, they would they have various ways of letting you know, subtle and not <laughs> subtle, you know, but that's the exactly. thing. I saw that first video of you going nuts. And that's why I was like, oh, that must've only happened once. But then the, there are multiples like, okay, clearly let him back in the building. Like they have no right to be surprised. What is he doing? Like, you know, exactly what he's going to do. Exactly. And you know, the best part is, I know they don't tell me this, but I know they've gone countless amount of signups just from people going there their first couple of times to oh, see wow. how the gym's like, yeah, man, they just sit there and watch me. I've even seen it. And I'm like, I wonder what they're doing. Why are they just sitting there? Why aren't they even pretending like they're stretching? At this point, they don't even give a shit anymore. I see mm. big grins on their faces. They're sitting there having the time of their life watching me like a fucking zoo animal, like a lion attacking its fucking prey. And they're just like having the time of their lives, feeling inspired, signing mm -hmm. up to the gym, not even to lift, but to go there and sit and watch. Yeah. And I've literally seen it happen. And it's just like, I think that's why they're not kicking me out. They're like, this guy's an icon and he's representing the gym. And that's exactly why I went up to him and I said, this logo is going to be replaced. Uh -huh. by so, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, and that's, 
I, it makes me think about just the tragedy that is the modern kind of big box gym, you know, with fluorescent lights and everything's organized and everyone's got to be quiet and it's all sterile. It's extra sterile now. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good for lifting heavy weights, but it's like, give me a, give me a gray concrete box, you know, with rusted lead and heavy metal blaring and give me a space to express myself and actually feel some energy and feel some testosterone or feel some power. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of this, you know, corporate stamped, you know, government approved or whatever, you know, kind of, kind of human hamster wheel with weights, you know, and you're, you're busting that paradigm. Yeah, dude. I mean, I wish it was more like understood the language of it as you're saying it, but like this modern world has really, you know, diluted people and they're just, you know, so much into what society wants them to be. And they're very acceptant of it and they don't even question it. And they're just like, Oh, these are the shoes they wear to the gym. So that's what I'm going to wear. Meanwhile, I'm going there with Feiyu's, which is where the monks wear and all the parkour mm-hmm. people wear. And people are looking at that like, oh shit, this guy's a literal monkey. Okay. <laughs> like they're registering all these things. But meanwhile, there's people that are just like, am I looking good enough for the gym? Like, do I have like, am I looking perfect enough? And I'm going there with like ripped shirts. Like sometimes I would sweat so much, dude. Uh, I had this one monk outfit where the whole sweat was like all of my back it was clear that it was wet and all of my chest area, it was like clear that it was wet. It's almost like someone threw like water balloons on me. Mm. And and like, I was even surprised at how much I sweat. But then I was like, in my head, I was like, like people should be sweating this much when they come to the gym. Why do they always use such minimal amounts? And why does gold always focus on, Oh, these are the exercises that'll help you the most. Whereas they know that the hitting the bags and cardio and plyometric exercises will help them the most, but they're always Mm. redirecting them to, oh, this is how you should do the cable machines or this personal trainer will help you with what you're looking for, which is this. When it all just comes down to, man, if you're trying to lose weight, you just fucking got to do cardio and a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I fucking got the 3% body fat, which I literally had them measure me and mm-hmm. it said 3% body fat. Wow. And I was like, this is from cardio. I know it because I don't wait, I don't lift. I rarely lift. And well, whenever I do lift, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's, not, it's let's be clear. It's not cardio. Like you're not on the stairmaster, and you're not on the you're not on the the treadmill or the the bike. You're doing martial arts, which I think is like physical. It's physical training, not so much cardio. Like you mean, I guess you mean not in the sense like you're not lifting weights. Like you're not lift, you're not dedicatedly lifting weights, but you're. But so you mean cardio in that sense, as opposed to the way people when people hear cardio, think they think of jogging or they think uh. of, you're talking about something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, not lifting weights, uh, strictly like movement of the body in mm-hmm. intense ways, I guess, is the better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> one way of putting it for sure. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, basically, yeah. I mean, to summarize it, like I literally, I, I, I really like I'm going to go forward with them and just like continue to tell them like, yeah, that logo is going to be replaced. I'm just going to keep planting it in their heads and soon they're going to start registering it and they're going to change their flow. Or I don't even know, maybe, man, when I get my personal trainer license, I'll apply, go there. And everybody who knows me from that gym and sees me in that outfit, they'll be like, I want this dude to train me. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's how I'll transform the gym. I don't know. But my goal is not just for the movie and being made and the whole, you know, like the consciousness upgrade, the way I'm inspiring people. But most importantly, to like transform people's mentality, what it means to go to the gym. It isn't just to lift weights, but it's to like, you know, enhance your body. Right. One day, maybe it is weights and mm-hmm. one day it's just moving the body in intense ways. Yeah. You've got to adapt. You can't just do the same thing over and over again. 
expect a different result, right? That's right. That's right. You got to, you have to upgrade yourself. What is it? Like Winston Churchill said something like success always demands a greater effort. Like if you don't, if you stop pushing yourself, you just, you plateau. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and I think we all to oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's all I was going to say. I was going to say, I agree completely to that. And, and I think to some extent, what we're all looking for, certainly the men who are listening to this, hopefully the men who are listening to this and hopefully, hopefully some of the people who, who will listen to this, I, don't, I certainly wouldn't mind an upgrade from Gold's Gym to Golden Teacher's Gym. <laughs> well said, man. I honestly can picture that too. Like, you know, these physical therapy things they're trying to do, like instead like put a gym environment and be like, all right, here's like point two, okay? Go and hit this, all right? And the way you usually would. And see what enhancements you feel. And then people are like, whoa. Okay. And then they're like, yeah, I'm signing up for this gym. It could be a whole business, man. You can I should not even look into that. Well, they legalized all drugs in Oregon. So you might have an opportunity there. Yes, absolutely. Now, I don't know how much it'll cost to get established with a gym, uh, real estate and environment and the, all the gear and yeah. stuff. But I totally imagine it, man. And the funny thing is like all these visions, they require such great resources, like mm -hmm. such great amounts of resources where it's like, damn, like even when I imagine it there and like it all makes sense to me, now I got to have all this shitload of money to put it in play or I got to convince a bunch of investors who are going to be like, are you, what the fuck are you on? Like you can give people mushrooms and tell them to hit <laughs> the heavy bag? What the fuck? No. <laughs> That's my business model. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's my business model. <laughs> So, yeah, man. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be an approach to that somehow, but I guess we have to wait some more and dance with time as people are waking up in, you know, the slowest possible way. Or at least I thought it was sped up and then it's kind of like going back to sleep. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about the vaccines and stuff, but I heard something like they got to still wear masks even when they get the vaccines. I really don't yes. understand. Forget it. Well, you, I mean, you, you actually transitioned perfectly into the next question that I wanted to ask is on one of your Instagram posts, you had one of the best explanations of the timeline reality split that I've ever oh. seen. In fact, probably <coughs> the, the best one. Well, this is a subject that I think a lot about, about it doesn't seem to make sense how there can be two totally different types of people on the planet today. There are people that are growing into fuller expression into freedom and responsibility, and there are people withering into fear. And yeah. that just seems in that that gulf is getting wider and wider all the time. And it would seem that, you know, these two different groups of people somehow have to manage to share an earth. But there are also people who say that, no, we're actually going to be splitting into two different earths. And so it's like, well, what is that going to look like? And the way that, the way that you framed it was, is that there would be two parallel Earths kind of on different uh, different frequencies. Kind of like if you're listening to a radio, you can listen to one station at, say, 99.1, and then you can listen to another station at 99.3 or 99.5. And they're just not that separate, but you know, but they're very, very different. And I'd never oh. actually heard it described in that frequency way before. And I know that this is a subject that a lot of people are very interested in right now. Is like, how is this all going to play out in a spiritual way? So I wonder if you could talk yeah. more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know those words and the way I put it can only be understood by so many. So I'm going to try to simplify it. Sure, yeah. Right? So people can kind of contemplate the parallel earth. They're like, wait, another earth is going to be made out of this earth? Like, you know, I'm just going to try to simplify it to like make sense. And what I tried to say with that was like the duality of perspective. Like those who wither in fear, obviously in the lower spectrum or in the lower vibration. And those who are with hope like us, even though everything's gone to shit. We are aware of ourselves and aware of like 
our perspectives and how ascended we are that even how bad the storm is, it will pass. But whereas we got the fear mongering people who are like wearing masks and they're listening to, you know, the news and just believing everything that they're being told, but they're not looking within. Right. Mm -hmm. So that we're categorizing them as the fear mongering. Right. This is the duality, which right now, I mean, the higher entities and, you know, those who are helping us from the Galactic Federation are hoping that we become one as a unity. But there's a lot of dark forces intercepting Mm -hmm. that because they want that duality in order to have that control. You know, just like the, the shadow government and how they're releasing what they want the public environment, uh, what they want the majority of the public to accept. You know, the whole the whole election thing and the whole like all of that puppeteering, man, it's just mm-hmm. wow. It's just really like but most people like like I said, like these are two perspectives. And that's what I'm trying to say with two parallel. Just like you said with the radio station, you're either tuned in in the right perspective and you see the lies and you see it so vividly like the matrix, like, mm-hmm. right. You're just walking around. You see everyone's asleep. You know, they're all asleep. You even tell them like, here's the evidence that you're asleep. They still will fight to be asleep. Yep. And that's the other frequency channel where they are so deeply asleep. They don't even know that they're asleep mm-hmm. and they will fight to protect their sleep that they're in. So that's basically like the world, I think, unfortunately, is, I mean, we have the opportunity to fix it, like the star seeds and the empaths and like the wanderers. That's our main mission is to wake people up. Like it's becoming difficult because the news and the media and the whole, especially now, the the way they're taking away people's rights and just telling them you have to stay home during Thanksgiving, you know, lockdown and the times that they matter the most, right? Like Mm -hmm. holidays, the family, like that's when the spirits are the highest. They're telling people, no, like you got to wear a mask when you're fucking about to eat the turkey. Like the fuck you on, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. But like what I'm trying to say is the duality, they're working so hard to keep it right. And these higher entities or like the divine beings are just, you know, they can't interfere. Okay. There's a law of non-interference. They can't like Michael can't fly here with his wings, sit next to me and be like, yo, dude, you're supposed to do this, this, and this. And you will wake a hundred thousand of the fellow LA um, millennials up. He can't do that. Okay. He all I mean he can communicate to me, like not even voices in my head. I'm like, I'm not super witchy like that, mm-hmm. but he gives me signs like certain revelations or thoughts will hit me even through like listening to certain, watching certain shows or even like, let's say I'm even playing like Assassin's Creed or something like certain messages will be conveyed as if like a spirit is in that virtual reality speaking in a certain language that only makes sense to me mm-hmm. so it's very symbolic right but uh, yeah anyway what i was trying to say was the two frequencies yeah i'm trying to stay on par with that mm-hmm. so people are going to either accept the reality that's being presented to them which is what's happening right now by the shadow government that's going to be their established perspective that's going to be the dense you know dimension they're going to stay in which is the 3d okay and then there's going to be the other frequency which is going to be the light beings those who are awake aware you know, know that they're being lied to. Like us, we are aware. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to play along, you know, we're, we're not play along. We're, we're trying to, you know, not cause a scene, you know, hide in plain sight, you know how it goes. You know, if you cause a scene, they'll start, you know, coming after you. And, you know, it happened in the past, you know, um, I don't know, like plenty of people have just, up no- you know how they mention these suicides with two, two bullet holes in the back of the head? Like, how the mm-hmm. fuck does that make sense? I remember yeah. reading that multiple times. Two bullet holes how the fuck does he take two shots in the back of his head? Are you high? Like, what the fuck? Can you try a little better to fabricate your shit. 
But anyway, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. we have to like be so discreet. But how is it that it's so it becomes so obvious? Like, it's becoming to this point where like they're literally puppeteering. Like Biden, oh, I'm gonna serve the public well. I'm gonna do this and that. And then Donald's saying all this other bullshit. They're both saying bullshit. One of them is bullshitting better than the other one day. And then the other day, it's the reciprocal. But people are not recognizing that neither of them should be elected. They're so focused on, oh, he's better than the other. They've just been so you know, focused on that, that they forget the greater truth, which is what we stand for. We see the greater truth. We're, we're that other frequency. Like I, I keep trying to relate it to that radio frequency you mentioned. I think it's the best way to describe it. It all comes down to your perspective and how you see the world, right? If we think of quantum physics, you know, the, the seer essentially projects his reality, okay? If somebody's reality is projected differently, you can try so hard to convince them that it's not that reality. They will still believe that it's that reality, even mm -hmm. before their eyes that they see, you know, the lies, they'll still think it's truth. So I think that's essentially what I what I'm trying to say is the parallel earth that's going to happen. There's either going to be those who ascend and those who stay. Now, what exactly that'll mean? I mean, it's still kind of questionable for me. Like, are we literally going to like, are some of them going to come visit us and say, yo, you want to come to Mars and check out <laughs> there? Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. There's a lot of unknown because, like I said, law of non-interference, they don't like to they speak in code and they don't like to reveal too much if they do reveal anything at all. So it's, it's, it's always kind of unknown, but one thing is clear is there, are, there's going to be two top, uh, two categories of people, those who are asleep and those who are awake. And more importantly, there's not going to be a middle class anymore. This also kind of translates to this, mm -hmm. uh, the middle class, as you might know, all small businesses, everything is getting shut down. People are going out of business and they're doing this on purpose. Because the rich are only getting richer. The million-dollar businesses are now going to become billion-dollar businesses, right? As you know, Walmart, Amazon, all these online uh, merchants made the most money they ever fucking did yeah. during because small businesses got shat on. Everybody went online, and all of a sudden, like the new world order, the exactly what they wanted it to be. The middle class got shot down, and if you were in the middle class, you're either going to go down into the lower class or you're going to break into the upper class. Now. Obviously, it does sound pretty cold to say it like that, mm -hmm. but essentially that's what's going to happen. And in my perspective, if you are middle class, which is what I was, where I am, the only way you're going to break into the upper class is being so aware that you are mentally in that upper class, mm -hmm. that whatever your efforts are, whatever you're doing, you're always going to be financially or wealth-wise okay, and you're headed that direction. Whereas those who descend into the lower class already have that mental state of mind or they were already in that hamster wheel of oh i'm just making money or paycheck paycheck or i just want money to you know buy this car to show off to this girl or like you know that very dense mentality mm -hmm. whereas the abundant mentality or the higher uh, higher dimensional mentality which can break you into the upper class simply says i'm doing it for the right reason and the universe is going to ensure everything works out just fine. Mm. And whatever amount comes my way, it's always my benefit. It's exactly what I need to then move to the next step, to then the next step. I'm always abundant. I will never drown. I will minimally float. Okay, I'll always be all right, right? This is mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in majority of people's shoes, you know, being the middle class. That's generally what we're facing. It's going to dissolve. It's going to fall apart. And we have to ensure that we break into the upper class. It's almost like we're on a uh, uh, something that's about like an, a ladder that's about to break off. We have to jump and grab onto the building or yeah. we're going to fall and just 
gone we are, you know? So everyone has to ensure that they're going to grab that building as the thing crumbles. So just be ready and stay vigilant and stay strong. So, you know, that's really interesting. You started out the conversation talking about uh, the alpha and alpha star seed refers to, you know, sort of psychic vibration and sort of the ability to manifest. And I never actually heard the dissolution of the middle class being linked to one's ability to manifest. And I was just talking with someone about this today, actually, about how difficult this past year, the past nine months or so during the whole COVID situation, you know, some people have looked at the past year and it's been pretty terrible for them, but there's actually a lot of people that I know that it's been one of the best years of their lives, circumstances aside, that they've used the opportunity to grow, to start businesses, to homeschool their kids, et cetera, et cetera, you know, to, to tap into new opportunities. And there are definitely some people that are on that frequency and I'd never actually linked the idea that the middle class, the economically, the 3D middle class is being linked to sort of one's 5D ability to manifest prosperity for themselves, whether that's upper class or not, but the ability to, okay, so the 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 supports are going to be pulled out from under you. Small business is going to go away and uh, maybe corporate environment will be a kind of, uh, well, that'll be pulled away to some extent as well, or, or certainly it'll be more difficult for people who, you know, don't believe in the narrative. So the ability for people to use their mind, use their chi, use their, their soul power to manifest a different path for themselves. That's really interesting because I, I can absolutely see that happening, that there are some people that are taking this opportunity to learn and to grow and to develop physically and develop mentally and emotionally, and then create a purpose for themselves that's outside of the existing economic systems and build stability for themselves while things kind of melting are melting down. And that, that may be one of the purposes of what's going on is to teach people their ability to manifest. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just brought it to prosper. You brought it to surface. One of my most recent posts where I was like mentioning how everyone has their own myth and they're essentially supposed to bring their gift to the world, which is yourself, mm -hmm. right? That myth is the most important part, which is your projection of what you have to offer in this world, which is yourself, right? So let's just say, for example, what I'm able to offer just off the top of my head is my training methods inspire the kids and it inspires them to then train which at the very base minimum it's like ensures that they they will be healthy growing up instead of let's say they're 14 years old and they didn't see me or get inspired they might get into alcohol and drugs growing up and you know get into that party life before they eventually wake up when they're 18 or 21 if mm -hmm. they ever do whereas when they're so young and they're at the gym and they're seeing me they're getting inspired i just feel like i'm fulfilling my role just off the basis of just strictly training and just having people observe me that they're able to, you know, get inspired and let's just say unlock whatever myth they got going on, whether it's physical or let's just say they're good at math or <clears throat> computer science or something. And let's just say they're doing computer science, but they're always stressed. And the way they release that stress is going to the gym and hitting the bags the way I do. And it's always able to help them cope with their studies and they're able to advance. Just, you know, one thing linking to the other, just from you being yourself, you know, that you're able to inspire someone that way right just mm -hmm. as an example mm -hmm. but like it could just be that simple it doesn't even have to be money related like if you're inspiring someone if you're doing good to the world the world will do good to you now i know people are really you know hell-bent on the money part but you just need to focus on your gifts and transform that like again another example like i have a lot of perspectives on diversified perspectives on what i want to do with wealth but like if i want to just go straight to the basics. <clears throat> For example, a, a personal trainer, right? 
if I'm able to do all these physical exercises, uh, I'm just saying, I'm seeing an example. I'm not mm-hmm. even saying strictly what I want to do, but like, let's just say you were only into fitness. You were worried about the money. What would you, the only logical thing to do would be get a personal trainer license, see that you can make up to like 47 K a year and then get into that field because you already know it's what you're doing on a daily basis. Now that's just one example, right? For someone who trains, whereas someone else who's into math or like computer science could be a programmer and they can realize that they can make six figures a year doing this. And then the most important part here is like not depending on whatever that income of that field brings you. So if I, let's say I'm a personal trainer and I make 47,000 in that year, I should be figuring out how I'm reinvesting that rather than how I'm spending that to make sure I'm always abundant to then continue doing what I always love and always growing based off of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas people have a very uh, consumerism type of mentality where they think this money coming in needs to be spent. But like there's a certain sacrifice you need to make. You need to give to, you need to give more than you take, but you need to realize like their, their karma has two sides, not always roses and gardens. You need to sacrifice something, certain years, certain amount of saving to get to the next state that you're imagining getting to. Let's say you live in an apartment and you started training, like doing your virtual training with your personal training license, for example, and you have this goal of getting a house. Well, you know how much you need to put aside and what you need to sacrifice on as far as going out or however much you're spending to then get to that level, to the get to that goal, and then eventually evolve from there. It's just as simple as that, for example. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what I tried to say with the middle class, the solving. I didn't mean to say like they're strictly doomed completely. It's only those who were so, um, I don't know how to say, like so up there thinking like living the paycheck, paycheck to paycheck is the way and they're just going to get retired and all this, this money is just going to magically come to them because they worked all these years. Right. Where now it's being proven like, what are you going to do if it doesn't, you know? So, so like it really wakes people up to realize like how to be very independent and individualistic in their approach to whatever they pursue. Okay. Can't depend on the government. Can't be depending on others because they will always disappoint you. People have their own things they have to worry about. You can't depend on others. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to depend on yourself and know that no matter what, if everybody went the other way, you still are going to be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the most important part. Um, in these uncertain times. So, well, if you, if you can be, if you can be like water in that way, like I went to a rally a few weeks ago and as I was waiting in line to go into the rally, there was a guy standing there and he was selling, um, he was selling these really nice embroidered masks with uh, really nice stitching and, and really nice quality. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll buy one of those. Why not? The guy seemed really nice. And he was, he was dressed nicely and really polite. And I just started talking to him and he's like, you know, when the whole, when the whole COVID thing started, he was, I think he, he, he was a cabinet maker. And he said, when the whole COVID thing started, you know, I saw my entire business go from one of the best years I'd ever had to absolutely nothing, people canceling contracts, et cetera. And so he watched his whole business basically evaporate in front of his eyes. And I, I really felt for him, but he immediately turned it around. And I, I wish I kept the, he had a little, he had a little, little insert, a little nice color insert that explained the story, but he, he immediately turned around and decided, okay, I'm going to start making these really, really nice masks that are made in America and, and design them really well. And so he, he took the hit 
you know, which obviously I feel for the guy because it's it's clear that he had put his heart and soul and life into the business, but still he had the presence of mind to take the hit and then turn it around, absorb it and kind of like a, I guess an Aikido kind of style and turn it right around and go and uh, rev up this other kind of business, take all the skills that he had established in terms of building a small business and reapply them in this new way to a suddenly changed environment and i think that's what i hear you talking about like not to minimize anyone's loss of business or job or employment or anything like that because the amount of suffering out there is 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 certainly immense and i know that the uh that the the dark forces are definitely feeding off of those energies they're feasting off of those energies in fact but there's yeah. but there are some people who are who have taken that hit and they, they they shook it off and turned it around and said, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna have to be like water in the situation and I guess resurrect myself or discover my own creativity or my own ability to to manifest and navigate these times and and see that I am, damn it, gonna pull myself through. And the people who have done that this year are are soaring at this point. And there are some people that haven't chosen that path at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You said it the best way too. Um, it's almost like an alchemist transmuting that energy and turning that bad energy into good energy. And just like, like you said, like water adapting, which is the most important thing, adaptability. People just, they think everything is permanent, right? They don't understand that nothing is permanent. Everything always changes eventually. Um, and this is a very uh, Tibetan type of understanding, right? Like, Nothing is, even when they drew the mandala, I remember reading about this, they would always erase it to remind themselves that nothing is ever permanent and everything always changes. No matter mm -hmm. how perfect that mandala is, one day it's going to be erased. Okay, maybe it's going to be erased in the millennia from now when they lose, you know, all this paperwork or like right now when they erase it. So it's like the understanding, understanding, just like you said, being water, adapting to change. And sometimes that changes for the better, right? Like I've even had certain, like I, I I was once developing this app that I real it was like a social media app and I realized the amount of resources and all of this backup I needed uh, and I was trying to imagine different ways of dodging and accomplishing it and a lot of time passed and then it was not until COVID that solidified for me that I needed well I didn't give up on it obviously I put it on a, on the side and realized like I need to be capitalizing on for example the whole Instagram thing I told mm -hmm. you or the whole gym thing I told you and the thing that I'm doing actively on a daily basis. Kind of similarly to that guy that you said with the mask thing, he just kind of adapted and he just realized like, okay, now that this all of this happened, I'm obviously going to be very present, pay attention to what must be done now, be very present in the now and just not question it, stop complaining, stop, you know, worrying about the bad and just get right to it. Um, same thing here. Like when I realized the app is not going to be the way right now, especially, you know, with Facebook getting shot down with privacy laws and me having to be in that field of social media, I was like, dude, I am setting myself up for disappointment if I just continue on this road. So I recognized that, put it aside, and then worked on the other ideas that I was working on, like the academy or the personal trainer thing, or just overall buying and selling and really entrepreneurial work. And that's like something I've always been big on. I don't know if it's just the Capricorn thing, but I've been super business oriented or super, super leadership oriented, mm -hmm. right? I never liked really depending on people, even my partner or like people I worked with, even though like it wasn't something that was, uh, it wasn't a distrust type of thing, but I always, you know, like I said, oh, I always knew like at one point this guy is not going to deliver or something in his life is going to come up where he's just not going to pull through. And it's the natural way of life. And for me to simply avoid that, I need to just be completely independent 
in my zone, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that means or however it may make him butt hurt that I'm just, my communication is limited or I'm really strict about my time spent. I'm not really like putting my time in others' hands. I'm really like in my own hands. Like if I know how much time I have willing to spend, I make it obvious to them. And I don't like to give him the notion that he has control over my time. I don't know. What mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to say is like, be so independent. Like I said earlier, that even if whoever you're working with decides to go the other way, you're self-established where you can continue on your own. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's been the biggest revelation for me. So This is amazing. You're leading through all the questions that I had, which is fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so well, so my good friend Jameson is the one who introduced you to me, and uh, he's the one who sent me your videos. And, yeah. and uh, he had mentioned that you were, um, that you were, planning an academy, planning a sort of martial arts academy, army or something, that army is not really the right word, but sort of, you know, a, I don't know, maybe a, a, a guild, I suppose. Yes. Um, I wonder if you could talk more about that because the idea of, uh, of dozens or hundreds or thousands of, of martial artists, of true spiritual warriors like you aligned and allied with each other is a force to be reckoned with. Yes. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, Perfect topic. I love Jameson for me- mentioning all of this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's just basically the vision behind it. And yeah, I love how you said thousands. My vision is to be in the hundreds of thousands, like worldwide. Like I know it's going to be huge, but it's going to take a lot of effort. It's all there. It's all present um, as far as like building towards it. But it's it, even even for me, it's a process that I need to be present with. Mm-hmm. But basically, the vision it's it's basically like this: combining martial arts with parkour right? Like basically ninja type of stuff. Like if I ever bought a gym, for example, it would be a very hybrid of like a parkour type of gym uh, mixed in with bags and stuff. Like what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is something like you jump down, you roll and the bag is like right there for you to do all these movements. Mm. And that's why uh, cardio, I'm saying cardio again, but your respiratory system needs to be super optimal if you're going to get into the academy and that's how i really am going to test people out right like if you if you can barely hit the bag one bag for 15 minutes and then gas out you know you have a lot of work to do what I, my vision is with the academy and how i'm trying to train people is like <laughs> if you're able to like being able to roll on concrete right casually or like doing things that are just so in such realism right Whereas like even Kung Fu and which is what I train, like Kung Fu and all that is really real. Like the movements are very calculated and everything, but they're just so like, if I were to say technique is like a prison and form is a trap because the real essence of Kung Fu is meant to liberate. And they've all mentioned it, all the grandmasters, they all knew it, but they knew like it gets to a certain point where the student needs to recognize this and evolve off of that. And the only person I saw that really did that was Bruce Lee. Everybody else kind of like takes the role of their masters, reaches grandmaster, and simply teaches what he's already been taught, mm. rather than uh, ele- like rather than ascending off of that and creating a new version of that and opening it up to like for example, what I said, martial arts and parkour together, which is what wow. I specialize in. So it's like, like I said, like I, I'm trying to like you know put it in people's heads, like for example, the gym having heavy bags and parkour type of courses where you're doing uh free running type of work jumping off of railing swinging landing rolling touching the bag um and even when it gets super advanced enough involve airsoft and like paintballing where you're (laughs) 
I mean, I wish they had handgun versions of it so you can't <laughs> jump and roll with it and stuff, you know? They do. Like, they do. Oh, they do? Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't show they don't shoot very far or very fast, but they do have uh, paint like paintball handguns. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, essentially, yeah, that's just another example. That's all that's super awesome. I'll look into that. But like, for example, super advanced students would get into that like super Jason Bourne type of stuff like wow. you really are testing your soul at this point like how am i going to evade getting hit whereas when you're training and i see people putting on all this gear and they're hitting each other like they put their arms above their head like they're ready to get hit but that's not the point that's not my perspective you're not supposed to be getting hit you're supposed to be dodging every damn bullet every damn hit every arrow that's coming your way i even imagine probably training with certain types of arrows where i have somebody with a training sword and they need to deflect that arrow Wow. The timing and reaction time and all of that is everything, bro. The speed, the quickness. That's my whole vision behind it. And that's why the course, or I mean, the establishment, the real estate, and all of that, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money because there needs to be cushions when somebody's jumping from 20 feet off of the ledge and doing a backflip to land on that roll to then dodge this dude shooting at him so that he can go retrieve that knife and creep up on him because the lights go out out of nowhere. Like all of this is what I'm trying to, you know, envision. Like, just like Navy SEAL type of stuff, man. And I know like so few people right now are able to accomplish that. But when I say a hundred thousand strong, you know, I know eventually it'll get there because somebody's gonna see that video and get super inspired and try to prove himself to me that he's able to also do that. And I'm eventually gonna train him to get to that point and so on and so forth. It'll get there. So that's generally the vision I have. Now, obviously, it's very far-fetched right now because my resources are not on that level quite yet, but I have great confidence that the accumulation and what I'm working toward and every day being present <clears throat> will eventually lead to that. So just a little bit about my vision. Wow, that's that's absolutely incredible. That is absolutely a gym that I would sign up for. Just yes. the, oh, how much fun. And you know that, have you ever heard it? They make these things called uh, shock knives, which are sort of rubber rubber blades so you can't actually get stabbed with them, but they have like a conductive elective strip around the outside. So when you touch it, when you get touched with them, you get a shock. So, you know, like if you were knife fighting, that that's how you learn knife fighting techniques. Uh -huh. So that would be another cool thing. Dude, that is so awesome. It's my first time hearing about that. That's super cool. Yeah, that's how, the, yeah. That's how the Navy SEALs train, learn to train with knives. Um, when, that was actually one of the things that I wanted to do. You know, some people for bachelor parties, like uh, they go out and they shoot guns in the desert or something. It's like, no, I want us all the knife fight with shock knives. Like, <laughs> how great would that be? <laughs> Dude, that is so awesome. So all the assets and every tool is pretty, pretty much out there. You just said there's hanging on paintballs. There's fucking shock knives. It's all there. Yeah. Now it just needs to be put together. That's just amazing, bro. I'm so glad you mentioned this. That'd be so. I would I mean, love I mean, to have you on board. Yeah, I would sorry, love what? to. I would love to do that because this is the kind of stuff. It's so sterile. Like I like. I like boxing. I like sparring. Um, you know, and, and I used to do martial arts a little bit when I was a kid. But it, there's something very much about like when you're actually in the moment and you're living, but you're living the action movie. You're ducking and dodging and diving and weaving. And so maybe, you know, something wings your arm and so you can't use your arm so good. And you get to live out the process of being a real world martial arts, J Jason Bourne, James Bond action hero. How awesome would that be? Dude, so awesome. Like I'm even imagining it myself. Like, I would have the time of my life teaching people and even being in that arena doing all that shit by myself. Like it's just, a, it's, it's a combination of everything. The fun, the skill set, you know, the, <laughs> I keep saying cardio, but like <laughs> straight yeah. up, it, it is the respiratory gains, the, the mentality, the reaction time, 
you know, making you generally a better person, just knowing that you have these supernatural abilities and you choose to use it for the peace and love of humankind, being that guardian in a war, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of a gardener in a war Mm -hmm. or or how did it go? Hold on. It was, um, it is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But, and I think also there's something about if you actually have these kind of real world simulated abilities, you know, what it teaches you in terms of your knowledge about yourself. Like, let's just say all things considered, you have the physical fitness and agility to be able to do these moves, but to actually put yourself into the mind state of that guy's got a sword, that guy's got a knife, that guy's got a gun, and to have to live in that moment and to be able to react in that moment. Like what an, what an amazing way to learn about yourself as a man or as a woman too, I suppose, but like definitely to to be facing or even construct scenarios where you have to keep a group of people safe, you know, where you have to like, almost like a video game, like an escort mission where you have to lead someone through and you're under attack. Like, oh, it's just be, that would be incredible. so <laughs> much fun. Oh, absolutely, man. That's another great idea. The whole hostage thing. And <laughs> you're going to have to give them a bunch of armor, the hostages in case the dude that's shooting at him shoots the hostage and stuff. It's, I imagine all of this. That's so amazing. And just like you said, what you can learn about yourself and being in those environments and like how much more calm you'll be in regular environments. And know that, damn, you've been through some shit that if some dude showed up in this restaurant and just started blasting with this fucking auto, you're fucking rolling like 10 times in weird ways and you disarm him. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you know what I mean? Like crazy shit like that. It'll, it might help, you know, reestablish the peace in our world, you know, mm-hmm. just from people being supernatural and superhuman, which is where we're headed anyway. The whole ascension grid and everything. We're, I mean, at one point, I, I would assume like in the near future, gravity going to become light because earth right now is entering this grid like everything is just upgrading the vibrations and everything like we're entering a new world the whole new enlightenment stuff like it's beyond me like i can't like quite imagine it perfectly yet because it's just so far in but everything's just coming up like what if like we all have this dormant dormant dna inside of us waiting to be activated and what if we're jump starting that activation by doing shit like this oh yeah well, your, yeah. your imagination for your future, your vision, that's that's a real thing. Like there's the, the the most amazing thing that you can imagine that you can look at in your environment right now. You know, just as I'm looking around, all began with a thought in someone's mind. Thoughts are real things. They have power to draw us toward them. And I would like to live in the kind of world where people can show up to a gym like yours and go and have a good time and simulate these exciting kind of experiences, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. So that's going to be the vision, man. I'm glad you brought it to life by asking me like that. I got to like really like sit down and meditate on it now too, because especially now with the whole ascension that we're going through, um, it is said that by the higher entities that now thoughts are being manifested much quicker than they ever have before mm-hmm. because your thoughts are essentially becoming a reality as we move on from the 3D into the 4D and into the 5D. We're becoming very interdimensional beings now. Um, and especially for the awakened one, awakened ones like us we are early to the party man Mm -hmm. or we kind of just prepare and get ready for that blast off you know the quicker we're going to reach it whereas everyone else you know they fight to be asleep you know we can try our best to wake them but you know it's their own loss so i mean maybe they'll learn this lifetime i pray for them Mm -hmm. but maybe they may have to learn in the next Mm -hmm. so i've learned to be okay with that but i'm still going to try my hardest to wake them all up But most importantly, I'm going to focus on manifesting my thought reality Mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. So yeah, yeah, man, 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, certainly by smashing bags at Gold's Gym, you're waking a lot of people up. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, that video alone on Instagram shows that it has 30,000 views, you know, and so yeah. who, who knows what the real number is, you know, people watching uh -huh. together and stuff like that. So that wakes people up to the, to the possibility. Maybe not everyone's after that is going to, either going to catch fire, but you know, out of 30,000 people, you know, if a hundred, if a hundred people out of 30,000 catch fire from that video, be like, wow, I need to up my game and whatever it is I'm doing. That's how it starts. That's how it progresses. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you said that too. You don't know if it's more than one person watching and you don't know who just took this video and they've done this like random boxing pages or something. They'll take it, they'll rip the video by downloading the link, they'll post it on their own page and they won't even tag me as if it's their video. Right. Now, who knows how many, like I can't even, you know, be sour with them because well, how many people are they inspiring just, even if they don't even tag me, like just showing that video, my energy there. If it's inspiring them and I don't even know it, like I'm happy that it is, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I don't blame them because I'm doing my part by allowing, by by understanding, like yeah, it's being spread even if they don't wish to have my name there. At least I'm doing my part there. So yeah, exactly like you said, man. Like it, it's all inspiring. It really inspires me further to just keep going. So I'm just waiting for the gyms to open up so I can continue that prowess. <laughs> so yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is for sure. Well, I mean, you're, you're, the energy that you've given, whether they're tagging you in the videos or not, and that's the, that's the gift, you know, that, that amount of, that amount of chi flowing through you, you know, explodes outwards through the internet, through the, in the form of electrons, you know, one way or another, you know, it seems counterintuitive, but that, you know, you put out that much output and it ripples outwards into the universe. Yes, absolutely. And just reminded me, I saying that it's rippled so much. We're like deep in the archives, man. Like this video, for example, uh, I saw coming to the top of my head. It was the next one that happens. I'll share it and I'll also mention you. But they've mm. literally, it was two years ago that it went viral or it was super famous. Okay. And it randomly got brought up in this random page that didn't seem like it was a random boxing page. But the video itself of mine was two years old, but they posted it like recently as if it was new. And I'm like, damn. These videos are buried in the internet archives and they're just being pulled out by these random combat pages and being reposted up as if it's like helping them gain followers. It's all of a sudden like a gainer video. And I'm just like, damn, it's not just about that time that I went viral. It's still present there for these random ass pages to just yank it out and reintroduce it. And that's just even more inspiring because it quite literally, like you said, rippled through the universe and now it's just bouncing back around at random times. That's when you know you're doing your great work, man. So, when you, yeah. When you're fully showing up. Yeah, I mean, it's there's 7 billion people on the planet that need to see it, right? Exactly, exactly. And it's heading there, man. Eventually, it'll get to all 7 billion people who will know who I am. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Woo! Golden Teacher's <laughs> Gym. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I love that. Golden. I don't even have to capitalize on that. Take it. Cheers. <laughs> I'll tag you, bro. I'll tag you. <laughs> tag me, bro. <laughs> But yeah, man. Any other question? Yeah, I mean, I just I want to bring it all the way back around. Um, you know, we've we've had a lot of uh, young energy, a lot of combat, a lot of barbarian, a lot of kung fu energy going in the conversation. And I want to I want to see if we can talk just a little bit about the yin energy, like how you ground and how you balance all of this energy that's flowing through you, um, mm -hmm. that's finding all these different forms of expressions. Because it's one it's one thing to be out there in this like barbarian berserker Bruce Lee kind of rage. But then you have to go home at the end of the night and you have to go back to your to your house or your apartment and you just have to relax and not, you know, smash all, <laughs> all the furniture. 
<laughs> Not oh, again. Oh. <laughs> that's perfectly said. Um, so one thing that was huge for me, practically like mainly, was whenever I would finish, I would have enough time to hit the steamer Masana. And what I would do is this really helped me, like not just hitting the steam and sauna, but um, going multiple rounds, but not just going multiple rounds, but staying in there for as long as you're able to. I know people put timers, but for me, I try to push myself and go very present with how long can I physically as of right now stay in here. Mm. Stay until I can't take it anymore when I'm about to like pass out, but not literally pass mm -hmm, out. Mm -hmm. I literally, I can't open the door and I'm about to fall over, but this is the best part going straight into that cold shower mm. and it's like you know how they make swords really hot like they first heat it very much and then they cool it and then they heat it it's literally what you're doing to your body now i know people like i know there's different perspectives about um how the hot and cold i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm like thinking of the other uh, wrong thing but i know they were saying some things like Con it's not healthy contrast huh? i've heard it referred to lately as contrast therapy yeah is that right i heard yeah. of it as called hot and cold therapy too but yeah. either or yeah like yeah. it's super healthy by the way i don't even know like they, there's nothing i've read that said it was unhealthy like i know that you can't be having any uh, serious conditions or something right, like that yeah, no heart conditions yeah exactly exactly but if you're super healthy and you're cooling off or even dedicating the day to simply go back and forth like that this was so huge for me man like not only for my muscles but my mental state it would completely like like cool me down like especially that cold shower and then going back in there like my body would first of all thank me i literally felt it thanking me so that in itself was rejuvenating me so my mental state was all of a sudden calming down because like you said you don't want to go home all barbaric and you're sore and you're like yeah. you know you're you're calming everything down you're the sauna and then the cold shower back in the sauna you do this back and forth about I mean, if you can go 10 times is what I aim for. It'll take you at least a gallon of water and probably an hour. But if you ideally can go minimally three times, that's the best way to finish. And then uh, finishing with that cold shower, you know, you'll notice how your skin glows. You'll notice how you mm -hmm. mentally, physically, and spiritually feel amazing. And then you're ready to go home. And actually, I felt the best when I've done this after, after coming down on the golden features and everything because the come down is also super important. If you're not very zoned in on the come down, it can also lead you in some emotional states of un unsettled kind of like, yeah, like an unsettled type of being, just like you said, like still in a barbaric state and maybe some emotional things might come to your head, but to like make sure all of that is assessed and taken care of, this has definitely helped me the most. The cold, so making sure you cold shower after you can't stand the steam and sauna after, the, after however long you can stay and then going back in there for however many times you're able to. So ideally three times. And this has just been huge for me. Now, obviously the next most important thing is food or the mm. protein shake. Oftentimes I'd be doing both. <laughs> I'd be drinking the protein shake and eating because the amount of energy output, uh, four to six hours and being on that level, you got to be feeding yourself like a wild animal that you are. So mm -hmm. that was another huge thing that helped calm me down to not be a savage monkey. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. So the steam and sauna, eating, uh, and then sleep, deep sleep. So this is the third and the most important one. You can't be cheating on your sleep when you go absolutely apeshit like that. You have to sleep eight to ten, eight to ten hours minimum. If you sleep any less, you're not going to have a good day that next day. You're you're going to feel it on your muscles. You're going to feel it on your mind. 
So those are the three most important things. Um, and ideally, like when I would get super excited or super inspired, I would then go to the gym, do the same exact thing, exactly how I did it the day before and be able to withstand it and not be sore and all that. But you want, ideally want to give it a break or go light the next day and then go hard the day after that. So um, kind of like balancing it would ideally be also important, but that's optional uh, depending on the body and where you're at. But most importantly are those three things. So the sauna, the cold shower, eating really well, eating clean, eating very healthy, right? doesn't have to be vegan, but if it is of animal, it is of a healthy animal. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I prefer only from New Zealand, everything and anything, any sort of meat, like lamb or if it's chicken. Well, I mean, chicken, I mean, Mm -hmm. usually the grocery store, but like meats and stuff. If I ever get it, I make sure it's from New Zealand. I have the perspective of Native American to honor every piece of the animal, all of it and the spirit of it and the energy that it transfers onto me. So mm. that's my perspective on that. Um, well, I lived yeah. in New Zealand for a while. Yeah? yeah. How was it over there? Oh, it's beautiful. That's absolutely gorgeous. It's just yeah. a very peaceful, very, um, uh, very lush, very green country. If, as long as if you're around the coast, it's very tropical. But as you go inland, particularly in the North Island, it looks a lot like England with lots of rolling green fields. And then you go down to the South Island, and it's literally Lord of the Rings down there. It's just it, it's, I've, I've, actually, I've been to the I've been to many of those uh, many of those locations too. Damn, dude, that is super gnarly. I have to check that out. I have a lot of respect for those lands because a lot of my supplementations that I take comes from there. Like everything, like even the antlers of deer, like. Mm. everything dude like the beet the beet powder that i use comes from there like i trust only the way they grow it over there because they don't use gmos or they don't use none of this garbage that they use here because they're not focused on the profit they're literally focused on the health so i really respect them so the whole huge. Com- the whole country is basically a giant farm yeah i <laughs> bet man. they have like like roaming herds and cattle like free to do as they wish shitting where they want instead of being in this cage man like that's huge for me like those lands and the greens and all that they really inspire me that's why i have a close relationship with nature i really feel like nature speaks to me in many ways like that's why i'm always fascinated by the mountains and going really deep in the forest like the trees literally whisper to me even when i'm paying attention to the whispers or when i'm not like when i'll drive back i will enter this wisdom state of mind where i could have sworn it came from it from being in the forest and just simply being present. So yeah, it's, it's huge for me. That's why I have such a passion for being out there. Mm. Well, then I just had one more question for you. So then some of the most striking images on your Instagram are of you striding through the snow in your <coughs> cape and up there. I mean, those are so epic. And there's the photo of you in the snow with the sword, like full on like <laughs> willow. It's just so awesome. Well, like what's going on for you in the, in the, like, obviously it's this, it's, it's these moments where you fit very well. Like you, you are this warrior, but this is an, it sounds like it's an expression. Like this isn't a photo shoot. Like this is who I am. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked. And I'm so glad you put it that way too. I was actually looking at that picture too. It's like, what the fuck are people wondering right now? I want <laughs> snow camo. All right. I got this training sword on my back, shirtless in snow, sitting here like I just slayed a fucking dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a fucking hell of a view behind me. Uh, so that was Mount Shasta, by the way. Okay. Um, and yes, exactly like you said, I was expressing myself, right? Like, whereas, for example, you'd see someone on their back with a crossbow or like an arrow because they're hunting or like a rifle or something like that. I'm trying to express myself like, yo, I come out here. Okay. I bring an extra sword. I give it to my partner and little, and, and 
just emphasizing most people are not down to do this. They're <laughs> fearful, even though I tell them we're doing drills. Mm-hmm. I, I bring whoever is a, whoever I choose or whoever's ready for it up to these environments in the snow, in these altitudes. And I'm like, all right, we're going to be doing these training techniques with these weapons and then with our hands and then like the knife thing we were talking about, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole realism, like being on that slanted snow environment, like with your posture, just kind of like uncomfortable dodging these, doing rolls in the snow and just that realism. Like, I, I mean, I know that picture, most people wouldn't be able to fathom everything I'm telling you that this is like, this is shit he actually does. Like what the fuck? But rather they just see it as, well, the uniqueness of the picture, but the amount of the deepness of the language behind mm-hmm. that picture, like I'm just touching the surface when I'm telling you all that. Like I even plan to do it with my students, like bringing them up to high mountain ranges like that, like the winter time, like testing their durability of withstanding the cold, like take your shirt off, be shirtless with me in the snow and, you know, block my damn thrust at you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just. I don't know, man. But yeah, totally the uniqueness in an expression. It's exactly that. But the thing is, is that to look at the rest of your photos, you're not LARPing. Like this is who you are. This isn't this isn't like a, a hobby or a fun thing that you go do on the weekends. Like this is a, this is an expression of your identity. Well, that's that's what makes it so cool is that you know, you see if you were to just see that photo of you sitting in the snow with a sword on, it's like, oh yeah, some dude carried a sword up into the snow and took a cool picture. It's like as you scroll through the rest of the your your feed and look at the other stuff that you're doing, it's like, no, this guy actually did was taken out of a movie and somehow plopped down on earth and is like acting out all these movie these movie roles like in real life. What's going on? that's the amazing thing right and you're in la of course which is great yeah yeah exactly yeah i'm in la and you know what's crazy i'm glad you also mentioned that because of just like you said it's like you took me out of a movie and you put me in real life i kind of realized that too i was like all right now that that that's a good perspective because i'm actually trying to take myself from reality and put it in the movies too because i also had a revelation about that about the way to target such a large audience of inspiration the way i was a symbol at the gym I was imagining doing very like I had such visual projections of movie related scenes that I could play in, like very tribal, very Viking related, like sword related and just like presenting the body and the human self like that. And just being an example of what it means to be a badass, powerful human being on the Mm -hmm. big screen. Right. Not just like the generic movies you see where people are like in Hollywood are trying to enact like uh, group settings or like city type of scenes, but like straight up Viking type of like literally quite literally the show Vikings was super inspirational to me, man. The epicness of it and the whole deeper messages behind it, like just that type of genre, I feel such a calling to. And my stunting, obviously I've taught myself enough where like even some of my videos that I put up, I'm I'm probably gonna send out to these stunt uh what do they call them the casting crew mm-hmm. and just be like, I'm ready to stunt. I'm ready to learn how to act. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty much there i just need to be shown how to be not too barbaric mm-hmm. and i'm pretty much present in stunting and acting at the same time and then probably soon enough producing and directing just like jackie chan would you mm-hmm. do all the above but definitely a feel i also want to get in because i know i can target and inspire and really get a bigger collective of people in the same vision maybe even the academy just from getting into the movies and people being inspired by it and then coming to my page and then being interested on the greater vision. So that was also something else I also wanted to get into. So I'm glad you brought that up. Quite literally, the movie character outside the movie now trying to go back into the movies 
So that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, as people, you know, as, as, as movies are kind of fading away right now, and I think that we have to become the actors in the movies. Like we have to live a life that's interesting to us, you know, as opposed to watching other people live it on the screen. You know, we mm-hmm. have to live the interesting life. We have to do the cool shit because we can do all this stuff. Like, no, we're not going to jump out of an exploding helicopter probably, but certainly we can learn to move our bodies and we can put ourselves in simulated combat situations and we can have just as much excitement, if not more than watching a James Bond movie, because it's real and we've learned something about ourselves. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully it inspires people to just be like, it kind of inspired me sometimes when I would watch like Jason Bourne and stuff. I'm like, I have the capacity to do this. I have the body. I have everything to do. this. Maybe some people out there who are just not motivated enough may just see some crazy shit that I do in one of the movies and it'll inspire them. Just like what I was seeing at the gym with the kids, I feel like the movies would target a more larger audience. And I would even be fulfilling my role even further by lifting the consciousness with the whole fitness thing and the whole visionary thing that I have. I even have certain uh, music video type of visions where certain songs that I listen to, I enter these trances and states of mind where um, I don't know if I can explain this right, but it's like, yes, certain like in the mountain ranges, like they've even made music videos like this where there's certain warrior poses going on slow-mo, the camera moving in certain ways, like. There are certain terminologies to this I have to study and get into. I'm not quite sure, but there's like animation behind it or like certain editing, like, for example, psychedelic vision going on and trying to uh, trying to project that this is the vision he's having right now, like holding the swords. His eyes are fucking beside, like the pupils are massive. He's on mushrooms and there's like deep ass soul music being played and people are observing all this in play, like the whole video and they're just being inspired by it, like, I also had visions of this, but I'm not able to put it into words yet because I'm not in the film industry or any of that yet. But soon when I am, I'll probably be able to explain it better. But that's just something else I'm also looking into. That's awesome. That's incredibly inspiring. Incredibly inspiring. Because that's the kind of that's the kind of ability of physical self-expression that I didn't grow up with, but that I aspire to, to be able to speak with my body um, in, in terms of my actions and activities. Uh, like a dancer or in my case like a fighter or in your case like a kung fu artist like this is this is a very powerful art to master absolutely man and and just know it's never too late so whatever you're doing your great work you're doing it on cue and you're never too late you're on cue so keep doing you and don't ever stop I, you know, it's funny because I'm getting ready to go to the boxing gym now. It's getting, it's getting to be my time to get in there before it, it closes for the night. And man, I'm just going to go in there and just wail on those bags, dude. You definitely inspired me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Do yeah. it, man. I, I would love to see some footage if you ever get some because I want to be inspired and go wail on some tree probably or something. Right on. <laughs> it's everywhere right. close here. <laughs> <laughs> Chop down the forest. Is someone logging? Yeah. No, Alpha Starcy <laughs> went into the forest. Damn it, it's him again. It's him again. We oh, got you talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> Literally. Oh man. Yeah, well, damn, dude, it was such a pleasure, man. But um, yeah, did you have any other questions? Yeah, man. Just tell people where where they can go to learn more about you and what you do. Right now, my main uh hub is my Instagram. So it's literally Alpha Star Seed with no space. I'm sure you'll probably uh shout me out or mm-hmm. notate it somewhere. For sure. Uh, but aside from that, um, I mean, I don't really use emails and things like that. Like my main sort, my main hub is Instagram. But um, if I ever expand from there, I'll probably give, you know, emails and phone numbers. But my whole, <laughs> I'm so crammed with all that because I have so many DMs, dude. Mm-hmm. And I always feel so bad. 
that I haven't gone back to. And people are like sending me inspirational messages. And I'm just like already so slammed in my day where I'm like, why am I not making enough time for this? Like why I'm like pursuing such great work. I need to be getting back to these people. So it's definitely something I'm working on. But um, something that I like to mention when I post is like comments definitely get me more direct where I'm able to insert it. I know Jameson, uh, I think he sent me a message. I remember seeing it and I remember, fuck, I need to get back to him. And I got so slammed with all my days. But then he commented, I think that same message. And then I saw that comment and immediately I engaged in it. Mm -hmm. So I like to emphasize like if it's super urgent or like super like, yo, see what I'm trying to say, like commenting is the way to go for me so okay. just something i want to put out there yeah that's a really great that's a really great bit of advice for the people listening who i'm, I'm sure will be curious to talk more with you and, and hear and hear about uh, your perspective and your ideas oh absolutely i'd be super inspired to you know answer back and i'd probably be inspired by their questions and it'd probably evolve me further in my great work so yeah looking forward very much so indeed right on thank you so much this has been an amazing call Thank you, Will. Yeah, I, I'm also such a great pleasure and hoping we can chat sometime again soon. And yeah, man, looking forward and hope you pursue the great work with such vigilance and honor and righteousness. episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.